0: Combat time. <laughs> Combat time. Hello,
1: and welcome to Combat Time for three friends as always talk about mortal Kombat today uh as always i'm joined by jay hello hello and you see yo yo <laughs> and today uh we are continuing uh patching up our previous discussions on the mortal Kombat comics uh we had covered uh you know, the the first issue, Blood and Thunder, and, and the, the miniseries, and then we did Battle Wave and miniseries, and we did the one-shots, and we kind of did it where we, we, we talked about a couple of the one-shots, but we didn't talk about all of them, and we saved some for later. So this is going to be kind of a patch together episode. Uh We're going to be talking about Mortal Kombat U.S. Special Forces. Uh Not Special Forces, that's the game. This one actually is called U.S. Special Forces. And then just uh, squeezing in the one-shot Katana and Melina, uh, both from Malibu Comics. Uh, and we'll see how long this discussion will be. But before we get into that, as always, huh? how, how y'all doing?
2: <laughs> why'd you, why'd How's you everyone doing? Like that?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I thought it'd be dramatic effect. <laughs>
2: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> you know, happy New Year's and all that. Happy New Year! This is the first one we're recording after the New Year in 2023. 2023, yeah. That's correct. Um, like- oh, and this is, obviously, this is the anniversary, 30th anniversary of Mortal
1: Kombat this year. Are we in the, th- I thought that already happened. Mandela uh, effect, didn't that already happen?
2: Oh, was t- that's, you know what, I'm mixing uh, anniversaries. This year is the Power Rangers anniversary, my bad.
1: Okay, yeah, I was about to say, I thought we were already... Yeah, that was last year. I'm pretty sure we already clapped and hooted and hollered about a uh, Mortal Kombat anniversary last year, yeah. Pa- I didn't know it was a Power Ranger anniversary, hey, yeah. yeah.
3: Anyway. How are you doing, Jay? <laughs> So far so good. Like it's a like it's a new year, twenty twenty three. Um I've been I've been busy with a lot of different stuff lately, just because like just you've, it's, you've it's been breaking a, out
1: for one. I know you, yeah it, it's me ma-
2: breaking out
3: breaking up a lot. I don't
2: know if I, <laughs> Oh god
1: they won't hear really? that on the show, but you know. It it just did, but yours always does, Jay. But it it, it comes fine in the recording, of course.
3: Oh my god. Um well it's been a year. I two not
1: half of what oh, you say anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Fair.
3: I'm
1: kidding. Kidding.
3: Like, so far this year, it's been just pretty busy, at least the beginning of the year. I've got some things that I'm going to be doing later on this year that I've planned out, but, ugh, like, it's just, it's busy, man. It's busy. I mean, I'd rather be busy than be bored, so I guess that's the thing. So I guess I have to be grateful for that in the long run.
1: I've been bored lately. I've been also busy, but bored. I've been both. That's strange. Yeah. I've had stuff I need to get done that I can't get done because of my work is so occupying that I can't even get shit done in my lunch break. And then I've been like, well, I'm also bored. That's a weird, that's a weird duology. Hmm. I guess that just comes of living in the mountains.
2: Yeah, I figure living in the mountains pretty like, you know, you, especially if the, the, if the, if the weather sucks and you can't really go out to enjoy the mountains. Yeah, the weather sucks weather. right now. So it's like. Well,
1: it's like I would like to go out. I thought I'm gonna to walk to the mailbox today, but uh, they paved one of the roads uh, a couple of years ago up here in the mountains, and it makes it dangerous to walk to the mailbox now because people drive too fast.
2: Wait,
1: like how going... far away
2: is the mailbox?
1: It's not that far. Um, it's like a tenth of a mile or something like that. Uh, I don't have mailbox right outside my house. I gotta I gotta drive down two streets to like a communal mailbox area, Oh okay. which yeah, is where is. the pool is.
2: Yeah, mine is the same way. I'm in a subdivision. And, oh, no, oh, no.
1: and I could do, like I used to do when I was a kid, is I could walk down the hill behind my house, cross the creek, and walk up uh, through the woods in the trail to get to the mailbox across the creek. But <laughs> uh, that's a little more treacherous now because I'm older. And I also discovered I'm allergic to fire ants who congregate, apparently, by cricks. So I'm, you know. That's a little bit more of a perilous journey, but it technically would be the safer journey if I don't want to get hit by a car.
0: Man. I
2: like how I the dangerous event that happened in your neighborhood is that they paved the road.
1: They pay- Yeah, because like, <laughs> you used to be able to walk to the mailbox there. My neighbor walks his dog, his little, little yippy-yappy dog without a leash. Before? I mean, they did, but it's a gravel road, so you can't drive too fast unless you're a dumbass, right? But now that they paved it, Oh, fucking people! Are like, oh, it's paved. I can go thirty miles an hour. Nope. I mean, there's no shoulder. You can't walk safely as a person. Mm. You know, there's no.
3: I've there's driven. No I've driven through it before. I've driven down yeah. that road that Josh is talking about. And yeah, like you know, drive fast on that gravel road at your own peril, because the second that well, you it's do- not the
1: gravel road. I'm talking about the windy road before you get to my gravel road. You know which one I'm talking about.
3: Yes, I do.
1: I once, I once shared a picture with you of a Herbie the Love Bug that got stranded on that road. Uh, during the winter. I remember you reacted to. Nobody yeah, someone, ha- someone the age of my- 30 knows what that means. <laughs> I've never seen a single Herbie movie. Really? but You never watched with Don Knotts? Nope, nope, never. Don Knotts is on
2: You didn't watch the remake with uh, Lindsay Lohan or whatever? That yeah, movie so, sucks, people will know who that way. is because Lindsay Lohan, seen, I've yeah. never seen the remake, but I did see the originals.
1: Apparently she did a song for that movie. She recorded a song that was supposed to come up during one of the race scenes. And they cut it out, and they just stuck it in the end credits, and she cried because she She was expecting it it in the movie. Yeah, apparently she can sing, and apparently she she did a song, and they didn't use it, and she was really sad. Kind of sucks. That does
3: suck, dude. Best Herbie movie is Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo. It's a heist movie. Dean Jones and Dodd Knox. Like basically, Herbie has a diamond stuck in his gas tank. It's so good. (laughs) I love it. I love that
1: movie. I remember that movie was one of my
3: childhood favorites. We should watch
1: that sometime, Jay. Yeah, you showed me Pete's Dragon, and it filled me with so much magic uh, that I would love How to see another Knotts, similar. Yeah, yeah Don, and Don Knotts, Knotts is great. Love Knotts. In, uh Mr. Early
0: in
2: Three's Company.
1: Yep. Oh, is he in Three's Company? Oh, yeah.
2: He's, he's, he was. He's the second landlord. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, okay, I never watched. I I, I watched that show. I watched it as a
1: kid, but I don't remember anything. I watched it since I was a baby.
0: <laughs>
1: it's ridiculous. Damn.
3: Also, Josh, one of your movies that I think that you've talked about liking is uh, Pleasantville. Pleasantville with Tobey Maguire. And, um, um, I've never seen
1: name? all of Pleasantville, but I know uh, uh, Reese Witherspoon and yes, yeah, Don Knotts yeah, is in it as their mentor character, yeah. but I've never yep. seen it all the way through.
3: He pl- he basically plays like more of a cameo role and he's looking pretty old. I mean, it makes movie.
1: sense for him to be in that because it's mm-hmm. a movie about old nostalgic television and he's, you know, he's Barney I mean, he Fife. He looked
2: old in so. the Herbie movies and those were like...
1: Yeah, that was the 90s or, or 2000s. He's going to look old. He looked old in the fifties or sixties during Andy Griffith. He's what one of those people about? that just always looked old, like kind of like uh, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, that's or, true. Uh, yeah, Morgan Freeman. I don't think he ever looked young. Yeah, or I um, did
2: see a TikTok recent or yesterday that was a uh, a clip of him in the seventies being a disc jockey or something like that. And he had like, uh-huh. these, he had these he- shades on. And he had like a fro and like a silky shirt, and he's talking about jive grooving da, 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 da. and it's like holy what? God, that is... it's like
1: for a role or like he really was a disc jockey for i have a little no bit. idea
2: i have no idea there's no context for it but it's definitely him and it sounds like a 30 year old you know or a 20 something year old or 30 year old uh morgan freeman i guess he'd be like 30s
1: well you need to share that link i'm curious to see to that's because yeah. i only think of morgan freeman as we all think of him as you know shawshank redemption being all you know the 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 soothing voice. Oh, uh, that reminds me of me and my friend, you know, back when Goldeneye came out in the N sixty four, we all got into James Bond, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And so we'd watch Goldeneye. We also watched the Timothy uh Dalton ones. I uh, and we uh License to Kill and The Living Daylights. So Living Daylights is yeah. a good one. Um yeah. uh, Christopher Walken's in that too. But you know, Q. Same at Desmond Llewellyn is the actor that plays Q. He was in them um, since the sixties. And when we went back and watched the Timothy Dalton ones, and I think we went back and watched Goldfinger and stuff like that, and we we're like, does this guy never age? He looks the same from the 1960s. How the f- Is this guy a vampire? What the fuck? Because, like, yeah, he just never seemed to age. He just always Wait. looked like an old man.
2: Oh, uh, okay, okay. Well, it's kind of the same thing with um uh, Steve Martin. Steve Martin always looks the same.
1: I mean, it's easy when your hair is always silver, too. He kind of preempted that by True, making his hair gray before. but now he's, like,
2: before. 80-something, I think. But like
1: holy shit, looked, really?
2: I think so. And he looks—I saw him on a recent like SNL, and he still looks like he's sixty. Man, Let's see, Steve Martin. Steve.
1: Martin. Yeah, because like I want to—I want to be cynical and say, when's the last fucking time you've seen Steve Martin? But he has been doing promotional stuff of Martin Short. He's shortly, seventy-seven.
2: So yeah, they have a show on uh, Hulu, okay. I think. Right?
1: Yeah, he's seventy-seven. Huh. Well, hey man, I guess it just goes to show if. Uh... Don't smoke, don't drink, brush your school, drink your teeth, and you'll be, uh, you know, you can look like brush Steve Brush your Run.
3: school, Josh. Brush your school, Josh.
1: Yes, brush your school and drink your teeth. Don't do milk. <laughs> uh, yeah, it also helps if you're fucking rich. Um, yeah. uh, or me, I have a tooth uh, fall. I didn't tell you guys. Uh, we'll get to the comics here in a second, but uh, I had a tooth <laughs> fallout. Y'all do not know this. Seriously? Over the holidays, uh, before I got COVID, I either. did go to that's the thing it happened the night after i went to me and my coworker's favorite redneck bar and we closed the place down like we used to and i was like man i haven't done that in a while we didn't close it down we left at midnight we usually left at like three in the morning uh and i got home and i went and i brushed my teeth and then one of my front tooth just collapsed wait seriously just crumbled apart yeah crumbled apart oh, okay. like uh like the, the temple, the order of light that Shao Kahn destroys in the beginning of Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Nice. Luckily, there was no pain because that's a tooth I had a root canal on previously. Uh, and uh, because I've been moving around, I haven't been able to get consistent dental work done. And now because I have COVID, I can't even go get it fixed until I get clear to that. But yeah, uh, basically, if I smile really wide, it looks like I got in a fight in the bar. Because yeah, my, I have a missing tooth in the front. It sucks. Damn. Yeah.
2: I don't know if I goes to the dentist. It's been years.
1: Go to the dentist. You know, I think I might be over it. My sister, uh, I did end up having a toothache a couple of days later, but on the opposite side of my fucking mouth. Probably because I was chewing in the opposite side of my mouth, and then problems happened over there. But my sister had the same issue, and she's like, I think we are just have bad teeth from heredity, from her hereditary. Because, like, that was one of the lessons my dad always told me is take care of your teeth. And despite that, and despite as many times as I went to the dentist... I've had a shitty mouth and so has my sister Uh, so I'm thinking I just need to order that Russian toothpaste that I keep hearing about that like repairs your teeth or something like that yeah I forget what it's called someone at work mentioned it and then someone online mentioned it apparently it's things something people use and apparently uh, can repair your gums and teeth yeah I'm sure that's trustworthy because you know there's some people that don't Jared doesn't he once told me he hadn't been to the dentist in years and he was afraid of going that because I, he doesn't floss. I don't think I've gone any we- college. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, dude. Okay, I've gone <laughs> see that's the thing. I've gone way more than that and I still have bad teeth. Jared, fucking Jared, says admits to me he doesn't floss and he's afraid to go to the dentist. And he goes You're to the insane.
0: dentist. And he
1: has no cavities. How the fuck does that happen? The motherfucker doesn't floss
3: you are insane like all of you are insane floss every day go to the dentist twice a month here's twice the thing i month. do floss every month. day twice a and year i'm f- sorry my
1: teeth are literally falling apart um, another friend of ours doesn't floss at all and his teeth are fine that's i think the dental industry is a fucking racket man you just got to have the right genes or something or got welcome the, to our conspiracy podcast <laughs>
3: I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, Josh. Like, that's true. But this is why that if your teeth are falling apart, then go to the dentist three or four times a year because your genetics. I do. It. I do. <laughs> then you're just f dude, literally like, I mean, falling like, apart. Then, dude, like, pull all your teeth out and go f- and go with dentures. Like, go for plastic, that's what man, I, Well, because... no, I don't want to do dentures. i want to get the uh,
1: the implants. I want to get that's the. What rock. My dad did. Oh my god, dude, Dwayne. You dad has... implants. Yeah, I
2: think no, he has. Okay, dentures. Um, he has dentures.
1: Oh, dentures. Okay, never mind. I was like like implants. Late
2: thirties, I think.
1: Yeah, my mom's always had dentures because she had to have her teeth pulled once again. Hereditary, I think she had her teeth pulled before she turned seventy. And my dad got dentures uh, almost right before he passed away, and he was having trouble adjusting to them. And I don't think I want to do dentures, but I would. I would love to do implants, but it concerns me because I I was about to ask like if your dad had implants because I smoke and smoke smoke and make sure gums recede so even if I still got implants am I going to fuck them up because my gums are Anyway, this is in the dental po- hygiene podcast this is the mortal the, combat what podcast the, what
2: the hell kind of a mortal We've been problem. talking 15 hey, minutes let's a, talk a, about some cases hey, you know who needs to go to a dentist melina
1: yeah well, melina, melina definitely needs to go to the dentist speaking desk. of melina um but you know what's so like
3: but you know, I do have to say that, like my like my smile is Colgate certified. I have a beautiful smile because I go to the dentist ever since I was a kid. I, got a, Kip Ka- I got a Kim Capuan smile, y'all. Like Ooh, it's Kim wonderful. Capuan.
1: Kim, C- Kim C-
3: Capuan, fighting game C- enthusiasts C- wonder who Kim Capuan is.
1: Okay. Someone okay. out there will know then. Yeah, I don't. Kim I will Kap say, Jay, I've never. From,
3: Kim Capuan is an SNK character from King of Fighters. Y'all will know that. Oh, and okay. Capcom versus SNK2, when he wins a match, he smiles and he has a sheen on his teeth after Teep. every after every match he wins. That's why I say Kim Capuan smile. Okay.
1: I will say, Jay, I've never closely analyzed your teeth to say in confidence that you have good teeth or not. But I then think that means
3: I have good teeth because they're so good you don't notice them that's and there's the thing I don't really look
1: at people's like you see and i th- I think you have okay teeth too, but I never looked at your guy's mouth. I never looked at your eyes. I don't know what color you, each of y'all's eyes are. It's like I don't Pretty pay tender, attention really. to people's finer details anna we're we're veering off again comments you notice Um, you notice people's
3: teeth though man like whether you like it or not like look at michael strahan people notice michael strahan's teeth because he makes fun of himself because i don't
1: know who that is and you know what? i don't give a fuck who he is mortal (laughs) Kombat comics (laughs) um because we mentioned melina do we want to talk about katana katana and melina first or do we want to talk about special forces
2: (laughs) let's talk about
3: katana and melina first really okay
2: that's in my opinion the better one
3: uh yeah i agree yeah um, i agree i, I didn't agree. know if you
1: want to say that for for last or not but yeah let's let's launch in so basically uh we katana melina air aired printed with the one shots we already talked about kung lao and baraka and it would have made sense to talk about it then but we just didn't have room for it and here we're talking about u.s special forces which actually printed much earlier than katana and melina um and almost deserves its own episode but we're just kind of cramming them together no it does uh not. so we'll just huh <laughs>
2: we'll get to that what a bit.
1: no i'm saying you. it doesn't of, what but uh deserve its own episode <laughs> yeah i think we're we're going to be of similar opinions you've seen because yeah i liked katana and melina jay told me in private conversation before we started he wasn't quite of a fan of it, so Jay, you could tell us a little bit of that. But yeah, let's talk about one shot Katana Melina. It's just a nice little intimate story about their backgrounds, mainly katanas. Uh, and, and how do we want to go with this? You want me to just sort of... So,
3: so I like I'll start us off like at least with my opinion because I told Josh in proper conversation I am very like I guess like overall assessment I'm very fifty fifty on this comic, and I say that with yeah, that's
1: the word you used fifty fifty
3: yeah. Like I, I say that with a little bit of prejudice because there's some things that this comic did that I generally liked and other things I absolutely hated. I guess for starters, this is by this is this comic is written by one Charles Marshall the third, aka. Oh uh, yeah, I didn't notice that. Oh shit. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, he, uh, it. he
1: comes up. He comes up in special forces too, and I was. Does he? Maybe that should have been great. You'll you'll find out. Uh, uh-huh. Okay. And I was like, that would have been funnier to bring him up then. But yeah, uh, going to this, this is a Charles Marshall's the third issue. You could tell in the first couple pages, but he is kind of, I will admit, he's a little bit reserved this time. There's not too much, not too much. uh, Katana, Katana says this, you'll pay much dearly and stuff like that. There is a little bit.
3: Yeah, but the thing is, though, there is a most dearly dialogue line in this comic. There is a reptile with a yeah. Like in like basically after every dialogue that he says and that's the thing like this is probably illustrating the first things about the comic that I don't like because People referring to themselves in the third person, people saying that they will pay most dearly, Reptile being basically degraded to a Bebop and rock steady level of, like, <laughs> minor villain, because that's what he is. Like, he may as well be, like, Shao Kahn's lackey, which I tend to not like, just because I mean, that's what he is. has more potential. No, but, like, that's the thing, Josh. As much as I agree with that, Reptile has more potential than that as a character based on later games, and... I want to like say that maybe at the time that this was being written, there wasn't enough about Reptile for him to be interpreted any other way. So I kind of have to like accept that. But it's hard for me now to like see Rep- to see my boy Reptile, one of my all time favorite MK characters, just degraded into basically a bebop and rock steady tile minion. I mean, like, that's well, basically I mean, what he is.
1: He is what he is. He is what he needs to be for this particular story, which is primarily a story about Katana discovering her past, and he's there to try and stop her.
3: Yeah, but dude, like he gets so goofy that at one point in the panel, Katana kicks his ass through a wall and oh, she
1: kicks his ass through uh Monday to Sunday. <laughs> which um, I don't
3: see I don't
2: see as like being very far fetched, if I'm being honest. Like Reptile, I see him as a warrior, but I don't I feel like Katana's probably stronger.
1: Well, as, as we learn, Shao Kahn trained her to be a warrior, and she may have already been well-versed in the martial arts prior to his adopting yeah. her. Anyway, and, and yeah, Reptile's just a lackey. He's there to make sure she doesn't go into the secret room. And I, I should point out, it's funny that, yeah, she discovers a secret room because she throws him through a wall, and that's how she uncovers it, much like how Reptile threw Lu Kang through a wall in the mk95 movie. I was thinking that
2: yeah, I was thinking that right? too, a little bit but I but the thing is like well, well the story goes that he she wanders into a part that is forbidden for her like it's always been forbidden for her so reptile is like sort of guarding it and then yeah, yeah that's his that's his task and then he says that and it's like a room with a throne and gold and this storybook that has her whole family history in it but he says that it's fortune there's fortune here and it belongs to a reptile or it belongs to him.
1: Yeah, I was noticing Goofy. that. He I was said that the, this gold is mine. It reminds me of yeah. a dragon. Dragons historically uh maybe not historically, dragons aren't fucking real. But they, they gather gold. That's their mythology, right? I mean Dude, it remind
3: real. dude, it reminds me of Bebop and Rocksteady and Goldar. And Starscream and every other minion that has ever existed that has been a minion of the main villain from an 80s cartoon. Reptile's like, oh God, look at all this gold. It's Reptile's now. It's mine. He Even when he says the gold is his, he's referring to himself in the third person. Which, again If you is- want to talk
1: 80s cartoon, we'll get to that uh, with U.S. Yeah. Special Forces. But oh I mean, uh, Reptile is, you know, he's, he's Shao Kahn's lackey. He's loyal. He's the goodest of boys. and But apparently he, he covets... King Gerard's gold, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I liken that to a dragon myth. Dragon's hoard gold. And maybe that's Reptile's thing, but...
3: I do um, kind of so want to be- talk about... I do kind of want to mention, Josh, just because this is something I noticed just mainly from an art perspective. But I want to talk about this room. So Katana's just chilling, right? Like, she's over here just contemplating life. And then Reptile's well, like... not only know, that,
1: she's been obsessed of finding this room, apparently.
3: Yeah, but I they mean, say like... That. But but that's the thing, like, she doesn't know where this quote-unquote room is, and the reptile tries to stop her. They fight, Katana kicks him through the wall, and then she ends up in this room. This room is furnished with the following. A pile of gold, we don't know where it came from, but there's a pile of gold there. A throne, and then a table, and then a book. And all this was sealed in a room that yep. was sealed by a wall that reptile was guarding. So I'm over here thinking, like, who does this? Like why Shop was this funded. sealed? Yeah.
0: Funded,
3: yeah. Yeah, I did, but it's just like it, it's Jay, you've seen Dawn of the Dead, right? Yes, I've seen Dawn of the <laughs> Dead.
1: <laughs> you know how when they're they they got their own space in the in the storage room of the shopping mall and they don't want the zombies or potential looters to discover their hideout? So they paint a wall they they, they, they paint a wall and they plaster a wall over in the entrance so it looks like they're isn't even supposed to be a door there and nobody nor no zombie nor looter will think to go there.
3: That's a Yeah, but Josh, but Josh, this is Outworld. Shao Kahn has laser beams of doom. Why not just destroy all of it?
1: Well, eventually, spoilers, he does, but I guess he figured he wanted to preserve something of the past kingdom, but he wasn't ready to show his adopted daughter it. I get it, it because we have
3: like 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 we have Uh, to have a plot for Like, we have to have a plot for Katana to discover, like, quote-unquote, the, you know, the truth of her past. But I just love the fact that it's a room sealed by brick that Reptile is guarding, you know, nine times out of ten, with gold in it for whatever reason. Why is the gold there? We don't know. There's because a the previous there. king had gold. Yeah, why didn't Shao Kahn take that gold and use it for his own purposes? Why leave it sealed in a room?
1: Well, I mean, it's his bank. It's his bank vault, dude.
3: Plus, I don't know, I don't know. I, I kind of get what <laughs>
1: they're
2: saying, is that, like, if the one thing that is in there that's important to you know unlocking Kitana's memory is that book, you would hide the book more successfully. I feel like,
1: or or yeah. just destroy it like spoilers he does at the end of this comic. And I think the I think the idea is maybe Shao Kahn didn't feel because uh, I will bring up this this is the this is the one shot where we get a little bit of a peek into Shao Kahn's psyche, and I don't want to say he's more sympathetic because he's still a fucking asshole. But we do understand he where he, he's coming sure. from. He oh yeah, he definitely favors her. Is his little psycho psychosexual daughter relationship there, which is kind of creepy. Um but he does maybe he thought that I don't he, he maybe he wasn't confident in destroying this history yet. Katana's not ready to see it. Well he wiped her memory. Which differs from the game uh, canon too. I th- it's my understanding Katana was a little baby when all this happened, and not a young adult like we see in the flashbacks that are we're about to describe. But I think Shao Kahn just was like maybe hopeful that maybe one day she would be ready to read it, and he just didn't feel confident in destroying it. You know, we're all we're all uh, pack rats. We all like to keep things that we probably shouldn't. Shao Kahn's no different.
3: <laughs> I no no josh i disagree i disagree
1: Huh? Really? no man that's what it is
3: disagree no i like i disagree with josh's entire assessments that like the entire idea of this entire room being like a sealed thing that shao Kahn like kind of wants to keep secret is sort of like in my opinion kind of dumb but at the same time this was this came out in 1995, so I kind of consider this entire comic a '90s cartoon, which sort of makes sense. So I tend to agree with more, like with more Yusin's point of view, that like really. It's not about the gold. It's not about the throne room. It's not about the table. It's not about the room being sealed by the brick. It's about that one book. You could have hid that one book just by yourself somewhere else more convenient than seal it in a room that Katana happened to kick Reptile through, who happened to be guarding (laughs) it. Um, You know, it's just one of those things. We're really
1: criticizing it because where else could he have hid it? He could have pulled out some MacGuffin magic shit and have it hidden away in a force field but that would be stupid
3: i mean dude like i mean he's shao khan he's the ruler of outworld there's a multitude of places he could have hit it he could have hit it under his damn throne he could have destroyed anything.
1: it but he didn't and what's more secure than a bricked in room
3: um hiding it on behind a brick in a very secured place behind anyway. your throne for one Anyway, I mean,
1: like we're, we're really overanalyzing his methodology, but
3: well, 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 basi- well, I mean, we're overanalyzing it. But the idea being is that, like, from the from the sake of a writer's plot perspective, there's a number of ways that you could have written in the first couple of pages where Katana could have found this book. If go because the goal is that you know, Katana beats somebody up and finds a book. That's the well, I mean, goal. What's that's she going to do? Find it under bare- Shao Kahn's mattress? Yes, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Yes. <laughs> Shut because fuck up. Because, because <laughs> under Shao Kahn's mattress bathroom. would have made more mattress. sense than a brick wall steel that she happened to kick Reptile no. through. Like, I'm not even kidding.
1: What's more <laughs> secure than a walled-in room? Anyway, so the thrust of the story is basically, yes, Katana apparently knows, has intuition about her past and is suspicious and through her cunning finds this sealed-off room which we were criticizing to the ends of the earth uh, and the opening of the comic after she beats the reptile's ass is her sitting down comfortably and reading her history, and then she learns of her history, uh, which I guess we'll we'll discuss next. Yeah, so we do see uh, his father, Gerald, Jared, Gerard. That's a, that's a contention. Uh, is, is it Gerard? Jira- I think the, the 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 defenders of the realm cartoon pronounced it as gerard because jared just sounds too funny like a regular person's name but i think it's supposed if to be jared
2: if, I, if, I, if, I, if,
1: I, if we say jared it sounds like we're talking about a friend of ours which is yeah. just also hilarious so maybe just say gerard gerard yeah so uh
2: gerard and her wife uh, his wife Sindel, rule uh outworld i guess thousands of years ago and yeah, something like that. It's a peaceful land, peaceful world. Everybody's prospering. There's peace, love. It's just merry, you know, everything is good. Even the forest is the laughing yes. forest instead of the uh, the laughing what's it forest.
1: What's, what's the, it, living forest. It? the living forest? The living
2: forest is called the laughing forest, which is why it actually was creepier.
1: Yeah, I was. I'm glad you said that. You see, because I was about to say, what would you rather have if you're walking through a a dark, misty wood at night? Would you rather have what we've seen prior, like mean trees that say problematic things to you, and maybe slap you around a little bit, or would you rather have just walking through, seeing just trees laughing? I think that might keep me up at night. Um, Yeah,
2: but yes, uh, everything is you know hunky dory, but at the same time, in the in the in behind the scenes, you know, Shao Kahn is sort of plotting his like takeover of Outworld. And one day Without any Mortal it...
1: Kombat, by the way. Huh? Without any like Mortal Kombat tournament. Yeah, just like setup, take it by over. the way.
2: Yeah. yeah. So in comes in one of the dumbest plots that I've seen in one of these comics. Yeah. Which is yeah. Um, they're going the through they're 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 riding through uh the land on a horse and Gerard and her his daughter Kitana, who is like a teenager, I guess, uh find a baby in a carriage.
3: A blonde haired, blue eyed baby in the carriage. And Correction. They, Correction you seen. They like they found the baby just sitting there in the land. It wasn't in the carriage. It was just no, sitting no, in the He basket. was in the carriage. It was in a basket.
1: I, I got it right in front of me. He was in the carriage. Like the classic was? abandoned Barry trope abandoned baby trope. Yeah, he's in the carriage. I didn't see the a, carriage a basket. much in that. Not a carriage, a basket. Just a basket, sitting in the sorry. grass. It was in, a, it was in a basket.
3: Okay, a basket makes more sense. It's not a carriage. A carriage is yeah, a entirely different basket. thing. But... Apologies. Like but you
2: yeah, do they, when they you want to get take, rid of a baby. They take the baby in, and the baby turns out to be smarter than the average baby, and they're playing with it all goo goo ga and all that stuff, and they're praising Smarter. It I like how they
1: say he's smart. In the same frame, he's like chewing on a, on a giraffe. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, yeah
3: that's, yeah, that, yeah. I thought make. that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's so smart. He knows that he needs to eat horses. That's totally smart. Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, I don't know what, what made them think that he was smart, but whatever. I um, guess
1: he, he was intuitive when he was playing with his toys or something. Yeah. Uh,
2: but then they're interrupted by the Lin Kuei who have come for a meeting, which
1: and, I think is stupid. I want to yeah, add. Yeah, that in. was stupid. I don't like the idea that the Lin Kuei are privy to to other realms and stuff like that. Why would they care about what's going on in Outworld or Edenia, which they fail to uh, label it as? They're, yeah, they're assassins, rifle, huh? dude.
0: They're,
1: yeah, they they're they're uh, involved with killing political leaders and stuff. What do they care about uh, Shao Kahn about to overthrow some kingdom in another realm? It's just an effort to throw in oh, like, right. hey, here's characters, you know.
0: This is supposed they, to be Edenia, right? I'm, yeah
1: adenia hasn't been thought up yet so they just call it outworld but yeah it's adenia oh, yeah, right, it's king right, gerard's right, right, and right. yeah I,
3: I think that's i think that's sort of like the thing that we need to address is that like you know obviously like through mortal kombat's lore from the comics all the way to present from the 90s to now they've definitely done some retconning where like adenia is where katana is actually from an outworld and Edenia and earth realm are all three separate realms but back during this time there wasn't really a whole concept of adenia. It was just Outworld. This has been referenced many times. We talk about the yeah. Mortal Kombat ninety five movie all the time. Katana clearly mentions in that movie that she's from Outworld. So I mean like this was the However, prevailing knowledge in, at the time.
1: In Mortal Kombat Annihilation, they say the word Adenia.
3: They do, yeah.
1: Because that when came around it? in Mortal Kombat 3. Did hmm? you
2: see that? In Annihilation?
1: Uh towards the yeah, end, once it. they warp back to Outworld, they come to uh a temple, and Liu Kang's like, this is Adenia. Katana told me about this. Mm. Because Adenia was conceptualized around Mortal Kombat 3, and if this came out, Jay, you say, 95? 95, yeah. Then Adenia was not quite uh, an idea yet. So it's just...
3: yeah. so, So it's something for all the fans out there that back in 1995, Adenia was not a concept that was created in terms of Mortal Kombat lore. It was just... Outworld, Outworld was the everything, and then Earthrealm was just the other thing. Like that's 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 what it was.
1: Yeah. Wait till we get to our Chaos <clears> Realm <throat> and Order Realm and all that shit when we get yeah. to the 3D era games. But yeah, stupid. Um,
3: anyway, sorry you seen. Sorry to interrupt. But yeah, the Go the ahead. baby uh,
1: is stupid, and I you know I had read this back when we did our other comics episode, and I forgot about the baby, and I'm like already thinking like, wait, who's this baby again? Like it makes me think is this Rain? Is this like the baby version of Rain? But Of course it isn't. You've seen, you, see, and you yeah. can continue. So, yeah, the Lindquake, uh show up uh, in oh, front yeah, of Gerard
2: true. and ask them to ask if they can, you know, be in allegiance with them against Shao Kahn. And they said, well, Shao Kahn's is not going to be a threat. And literally behind the wall, the wall behind the throne, Shao Kahn is like lurking.
1: It's, is that what that shot is? Yeah. I yeah. was confused by that shot. I thought it was supposed to be implied, like, you know, Shao Kahn is a menace in the back of our minds type no, shot. No, you can
2: see his feet, like, out outside of the shadow, and the rest of him is in the shadow. Like he's Oh, because the baby's looking the at
1: him, too. Yeah. Which is funny. The baby's looking at him fearfully, but we know who the baby is will about to be revealed.
2: It's ridiculous. interesting. So, then, I, so yeah. yeah. So, he says, like, yeah, uh, Shao Kahn's not going to be a threat, and then... Uh, the leader, of the Linque, whose name is Ice, which
1: I think is Ice. Cool name. I'll be so, honest, I think it's pretty cool. Oh, uh, wait, I gotta stop here. Really? Because I was getting ready to make fun of that. You, you're I going was back, too, actually. You're thinking of who would a Lin Linque leader's name 10,000 years ago be? I, I know, Ice. Shut <laughs> the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs>
3: Yeah, like, dude, like, like, Ice is a dumb name. Like, honestly, I wish his name would have been named, like, Chill Out or something. I like mean, that what's his best name,
2: Ice or Hydro?
1: I mean, Hydro's Hydro. interesting. Yeah, because he's not Ice. He's, he controls water. And I like Hydro as an addition to the Mortal Kombat canon. Ice, but baby, Ice? Brother, that's, like, low effort. Ice, Come on. Ice, baby. We can't be... call him Sub-Zero. What do we call him? I don't know. Ice. Also, it's, 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 you're running out of things. I don't know. Oh, well, also this is like yeah. Anyway, a thousands of years ago, maybe they weren't created back then.
3: Like, dude, like, dude, I would have called him like thirty-two degrees Celsius or something. Like, <laughs> that sounds like <laughs> way <God>. better. That's <laughs> not
2: thirty-two degrees. Thirty-two degrees Fahrenheit, you idiot. Fahrenheit, no, dumbass.
3: No, but what if I want to call him like Celsius anyway? Which means he's <laughs> actually like, like you know, like, like if he, 30 he's thirty-two degrees hot, Celsius. He's warm. That's
2: too warm. He's quite tepid. <laughs>
3: Yeah, which yeah, which is fun because he like he shoots ice at people, but he's warm. Like you see no. the you see the contrivance. So he doesn't shoot
1: it. ice. He shoots exactly. like really warm spigot water.
3: It's like, I got like, you. And his <coughs> and his middle name is Hydra. Like He literally shoots
2: icicles at the king. And you're saying he's shooting spigots. of what? Yes. Let's, let's 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 get past this. <laughs> I, hate I hate you so much. I hate you. <laughs> So yeah, he he, he he immediately turns on Gerard and attacks him, and Gerard blocks it. Uh, he pretends to be like, oh, you know, I am sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I attacked you or whatever, and then he gets stabbed in the back by Shao Kahn.
0: No, not by Shao, Shao Kahn,
2: by uh, the baby, actually. <laughs> he gets stabbed the fucking by the baby. Baby, baby, baby turn, turns out to be Shang Tsung, which is like, why is the, what was the point of the baby?
1: I mean that that that's like perfect. That's a great scheme. You you put a defenseless uh infant, you get your one guy that can change into other people, boom, great great inter, inter uh you know uh what do you call it uh infiltration scheme.
2: But it also doesn't I mean, it doesn't show that it's actually the who sh- I, I'm assuming it's the baby who shot Gerard or stabbed Gerard, but he gets. Stabbed by a big lance, but I don't know who was carrying it.
3: Was it Shao mm-hmm. Kahn? It was Shao Kahn.
2: So Shao Kahn attacked him.
3: Yes, but Shang's Sun was the distraction, which, dude, like, I mean, How in a Mortal Kombat. I mean, but, you know, but, dude, like, think about it. In Mortal Kombat 2, which was out by this time, Babalities are a thing. This makes oh perfect my sense. Oh, God. Wow. I didn't even think of but Oh, still,
1: like, yeah. But. I don't know. I, that that kind of blew past me too, you see. Like, I, I don't didn't pay who, attention to that.
2: Yeah, I don't know who attacked, who stabbed him in the back. I have no
3: idea. It could have been okay. Shao Kahn because if he was dude, hiding they, behind the throne, dude, they hinted at it in several panels. Like, granted, think like you know, think like in nefarious '80s cartoon where like the king is sitting on his throne room and there's this dark space behind him, and then this like evil villain is waiting in the whims. Like, they clearly show that in a panel where Shao Kahn is clearly waiting in the whims. Like, right. this dude is ready to backstab a dude. Like, he well, he's clearly that. ready to do that if he's the one, who which makes you wonder
1: why even have the Lin Kuei come in and. And try to fake out Gerard anyway. Probably for like distraction.
2: I get that as a distraction. I get Lin Kuei as a distraction. I think he
1: was putting all his eggs in one basket, really. He's got his Shang Tsung and he's got his Lin Kuei. But
2: what was the point of Shang Tsung?
3: D- distraction? Like well, basically think, infiltrate. Well
1: what I think um, is that Shang Tsung, the point of Shang Tsung was to get him into the castle, right? And he could create a portal for Shao Kahn to come through.
2: Yeah, it would be great if they showed that.
1: Well, like, That's I didn't based- notice that. The, I didn't get that he was hiding behind the throne room. Like I said, that frame, I thought it was supposed to be an implied, like, subconscious thing, like Shao Kahn is in the back of their minds. I didn't realize he's actually behind the. Because the next point after Shang Tsung reveals himself is Shao Kahn rising up out of a billowing puff of smoke. So that, my interpretation was that Shang Tsung enabled. Shao Kahn to come into their castle. But that just might be my stupid interpretation.
2: I just don't understand, because it's not clear if Shang Tsung is the one who attacks Gerard or or if Shao Kahn is. If it's Shao Kahn, then they don't really show why Shang Tsung transforms into the baby in the beginning and stays with them for that long. Like what was the point of him being there? Like he doesn't, he doesn't do anything when the exchange between Gerard and the Lin Kuei happens.
1: Because May, maybe he was hoping that the Lin Kuei would successfully kill him. Like I said, putting all your eggs in one basket. Well, if, if the yeah, Lin Kuei don't yeah, like, kill him, I will.
3: Yeah, like actually, you see, let me like throw on my own theory on this because I thought it made sense within the comic. Outside of everything else that happened in the comic, like you, like Shang Sun transformed himself into a baby to win the innocence of katana you know which you know that happened katana found the baby pointed it out jared is like hey you know we can't end all the suffering but we can save this one baby so they bring him in katana's playing with the baby realizing that the baby is like really really smart or whatever you know, Shao Kahn is hiding behind the throne room. How he got there, I think, is the more interesting story. But he's back there I, just waiting I, Once the again, I, I
1: will posit that Shang Tsung allowed him to be teleported into the throne room. But they don't show that. Yeah. So
3: how do we know? But... But
2: but wow, the thing man. is
3: though the Ling Kuei gets an audience with Jared and then saying like hey we want to defeat Shao Kahn you need our like you need like you need our help and Jared's like no I don't I don't need your help Shao Kahn is not even a threat lol and then the like the Ling is like well like you know hey we're we're going to take your head because Shao Kahn is going to give us a place in the new world order, you know, kind of thing. And then Jared uses his power saying like, nope, that's not going to happen. And then like the Lin Kuei like, "Oh no, what's going to happen?" But Jared is but Jared at that point is distracted. He's using his power to focus entirely on the Lin Kuei, which gives Shao Kahn the ability to stab him in the back and Katana who is right there is paying more attention to the baby itself. So, I think Shang Sheng as the baby, is just there to distract Sindel and Katana away from what's happening in the background. So it gives Shao Kahn the ability to stab Jarrett in the back, which he clearly does. And when he appears, he's like, oh, yes, I am the ruler of Outworld now, which I thought was kind of dumb because everybody's talking about being the ruler of Outworld. Like, it's like the new thing. Like, hey, <laughs> it's a trend. It's a new hashtag. It's like hashtag. I'm the king now. Like I mean, type that's of thing.
2: It's weird. Stuff happens in this world, like in real life. But what I'm saying is that <laughs> what I mean is that like uh they don't give any indication, like she like Shao Kahn says that he trained Kitana to be a
1: warrior, right? Which
2: right. implies that he was she wasn't a warrior before the takeover.
1: Well, yeah, he, that's spe- true. he, he specifically says like he's surprised by how Well, she adapts to martial arts and he has to wonder, is it his influence or King Gerard's influence?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So like, this is where admittedly, like, this is why I said, like at the beginning, I'm 50, 50% of this comic, the first 50% of this comic I actively did not like, but I think the things I do like kind of started in it kind of start in this instance because Shao Kahn actively mentions that katana had the like the whole art of war within her and took to it very very naturally and he was even he's even said in the comic that he wonders if this is Jared's influence on her after he died it's almost like he's sort of implying that the spirit of Gerard is actually influencing katana to sort of resist shao Kahn's influence while being the fighter and warrior that shao Kahn knows her to be maybe not and
2: quite I think, so literally yeah, I, like, I, like I, thought he, it, I thought it was more like you know he was like he was a warrior like he's a key, a, key, a leader a king uh he like it's in his blood and his genes so like maybe that's transferred over to her where she has a, an innate instinct to be a warrior because of yeah. her blood yeah
1: here's a case where like we do get a peek into Shao Kahn's psyche cuz like he wants to he wants Katana to be his daughter he wants to be instrumental into her development and he's seeing her develop, but he doesn't know if it's because of him or because of his father. And this does kind of rob her of a little bit of her own agency, I guess you could yeah. argue as well. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, but but all kids are part uh nat- part nurture, right? Uh so or, or nature or whatever the fuck. Basically, nobody grows up in a vacuum. We all are are come to be because of our experiences, and Shao Kahn deeply wants to be the father to his adoptive daughter, but he doesn't know if he really is or not. Poor Shao Kahn. Yeah, Kong. like,
3: it's, um... <laughs> it's actually, like... It's, so weird. It, it's something... It's wow. something that, admittedly, I... This, like, that I actually ended up liking about this comic. I like Shao Kahn's motivation, as nefarious as it is, because he seems, based on his dialogue, very genuine, that he wants Katana to be the daughter that he never had. Like, he says it repeatedly, like, later on, that he wants... He, he wants to love her as a daughter. And I sort of thought that that was kind of interesting from the point of view of this particular character because he's always been shown as like the big bad. But clearly from this comic, you can see a almost, you know, twisted as it is, a more sympathetic side to Shao Kahn for wanting to be a father that he could never be and wants, you know, Katana to be the daughter that he never had and I find that kind of endearing. Like, I, I actually think it's kind of interesting because it adds layers to him.
1: It's it's a manipulative version of, of a, what a father should be. But yeah, he he has real feelings.
3: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, you know, manipulative and twisted as it is, it's genuine. And I do find that interesting to watch. Like, in in hindsight, I kind of wanted more. But I do think it's kind of... Dumb because there is a point to where Shao Kahn just tells Katana this after she read the book. And then sh- and then Katana's like, well, I'm never going to be your daughter. You killed my father. You killed my mother. I'm not going to do anything, you know, uh, that you're going to tell me to do. What are you going to do? Yeah, I guess you're going to have to slay me. And Shao Kahn's like, okay, I'm just going to slay you. So he just eye beams her to death. No. And then.
1: No, no. He specifically reverts her. He doesn't eye beam her to death. He, re- he-, he men and blacks her he erases her memory again yeah
2: but the, yeah, thing, the way they the way they the way they drew it makes it look like he's like late eyes are late eye I lasers her in the chest to death yeah to but death.
3: yeah yeah then because apparently the your chest is where is your like,
1: memories are stored in your heart i mean right? that's where mine are yeah
3: yeah that's where mine are too <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: When, th- this is a silly trope because, like I said, my understanding was Katana never remembered her past because she was a baby. This presents it as ka- yeah. he has as much control over her as he eventually does over Sindel, where he just manipulates her memories. And this is a case like he he, he didn't want to throw away the book, and he 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 blanked her memory, and he thought he could ride on that for a while. But Katana got too smart, and he's like. Okay, I guess I gotta fucking flash your brain again. And then, yes, he tells Reptile to, Okay, destroy the book, bro. Reptile probably does that and then sweeps all the gold inside his uh, ninja vest.
0: (laughs) Uh, Since apparently he covered it.
1: So, yeah, uh, Shao Kahn was playing a little bit of a risky game to see if he could have his past lying around to be discovered, and he realized he can't, so he 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 got rid of it and he's going back to square one. But, also but the like real he kicker, has like a, oh good. I
2: think he I think he just has like a he because he has a soft spot for Kitana. He also has a blind spot. So I feel like he had a blind spot to her history like he didn't see how important it was to keep it away or to destroy it. I think it. he
1: was naive enough to think that Kitana could legit see him as a loving father and not be suspect to the actual truth yeah yeah i think he's naive in that point
3: i do want to say though just for context because it is now what almost like almost an hour into this podcast and 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 the comic is called katana melina and we have not mentioned melina one time in this comic and there's a reason for that
1: we're getting there because two things one we, we spent 15 minutes talking about dental hygiene We'll just got <laughs> state that. Yeah. Two, they speaking of dental hygiene, they don't really bring up Melina until three quarters of the way through this book, just as a brief history of well, if 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 Katana can't be my loyal daughter, maybe my dark priests can make a loyal daughter for me. And as we discover, Shao Kahn's not impressed of her because this is a heartbreaking thing. He says "Yeah, uh she is technically more legit my daughter. But I don't love her. Fuck. Yep. And and as we see, that, 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 that bomb is dropped. Katana has her memory wiped. Reptile has to clean up shit. Shao Kahn walks away. And the last shot of this shot frame of this comic is you see another shadow of somebody standing nearby. And it's Melina, And she has tears trickling down her, her cheeks. And... Man, if I never felt that bad is, for Melina before, yeah, that is, it's not that. Is that pretty, yeah, it's that's what makes this. That's what elevates this comic a bit. And it's not that Melina found yeah. out that she was a clone, because apparently that's news to her too. She could deal with that, but it's the fact that Shao Kahn specifically said, "I don't love her."
2: Fuck. Well, here's the thing: what she said, he says, he says she is a clone, but she is an imperfect one. She is flawed. I wanted her to be you. But she most definitely is not. I can trust her, but that is true, but I cannot love her.
3: And that's like, yeah. what the f- Dude, man. Yeah.
1: No, dude, yeah, that would fuck me up.
3: Yeah. If anything, I guess my hot take on that is that I understand what Shao Kahn is kind of saying. That doesn't mean I agree with it, but I do understand it more. So for Melina herself, it's just like, you know what? Yeah, it's time to run away, girl. It's time to like you know just get the hell out and then just kind of find your own path. But sadly, that doesn't end up happening. So at the end of the well, day, I mean, and, and the, can- the and
1: the game's canon eventually does. She becomes Empress of Outworld for a month, you know. Uh, but she still she still loves Shao Kahn in the game's canon. I don't think this is a story beat in the in can't like proper canon. But I don't but know, I do man,
3: actually. But but I do actually like this comic for basically reinforcing the idea that Melina is not is 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 literally nothing more than a katana clone. Like that's all she is. She well, will I mean, never that, be anything else. What she than is
1: that. that is her character. She is a katana cartotan clone.
3: But I want you to think about Josh, like how limiting that is for a character. She will never be anything other than that. She will always be second to Katana in every single way that, for the end well, of time. Yeah.
1: That's that's perfect. That's her tragedy. That's why we feel for her because yeah. she thought she was her daddy's favorite, and now she finds out she's not even legit, and not even that her daddy doesn't love her.
2: I so say that. Ex- the one thing that <laughs> I wish that they did was that I wish because he says that she's imperfect. I wish they showed why she was imperfect. Yeah,
1: I was waiting for like, okay, obviously that's leading up to them showing like, oh God, what have we, if science gone too far and showing her Tarkatan teeth, but uh, they don't, they don't go that far. Or I I was thinking they at least say that she's more savage than her sister. She's, she's animalistic or something, but they didn't, they didn't really touch on that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. over. Overall, though, at least from that ending, I feel like that it kind of tells us things about Melina that we kind of like—well, not Melina, but Katana—Katana uh, Katana that we already knew. But I'll be honest, I think my MVP is Shao Kahn. I like Shao Kahn's character in this comment because it's giving me more layers to his character— Rather than his one-note um, appearance in Mortal Kombat 2, which is what everybody knows about him. I kind of like that, even if he is still like pretty much the worst thing imaginable. like I, like I still love the fact that he has layers to him th- of how he thinks.
1: This is what I brought up when we did our last, uh, maybe not the last, but the next to last, when we were talking about the other one-shots where I was like looking forward to you guys reading this because it does introduce more layers to sh- even a little sympathy to Shao Kahn. Not to excuse any of his actions. Like, he is still, at the end of the day, this comic, a bitch. But, not everybody is 100% evil. We all, uh, maybe they're, Ted Bundy might be, but, we, we, everybody does have, everyone thinks they're their own hero, their own story. Shao Kahn's got his own motivations, and here we, we finally get to see them. And I, I do think it's kind of cool to see the soft-hearted Shao Kahn. His eyes are kind of kind of relaxed and he's really wanting to comfort his daughter and it's just
3: like huh which kind of adds the as this layer to it because like shao Kahn is obviously this being like he he was waiting in the wings according to this comic for a very long time to take over outworld from jerrod like he absolutely hated jerrod and everything he stood for not he hated for... him he
1: just had a really beautiful land he's like hey fuck yeah i want that
3: Yeah, but I mean, like, that's the thing. Jared knew who Shao Kahn was and sort of dismissed him as this, like, not even veil of a threat when Shao Kahn was obviously winning in the whim. So that tells me that there was this sort of history between the two. And it's almost like Josh, as you said, that Jared, uh, or I'm sorry, that Shao Kahn wanted what Jared had. He I think wanted Shao daughter. He wanted the he he wanted the wife, you know. And as you can, and and actually, I think that's sort of carried over into current Mortal Kombat lore because who is Shao Kahn's wife? It's Sendel, and she's Sindel, into Somebody, it. <laughs>
1: somebody who we don't we don't see much of in this comic, uh, and of course, Sindel being okay. the back. Hmm? Go ahead. I was just going to say, Sindel being the backstabbing person, of course, is something that wouldn't come along till much later. Uh, but at least in the story of this, we would have seen her uh, throwing herself out the window, which is her backstory, at least in the old 2D games. But yeah, Sindel's kind of hardly uh, touched upon there. I think we see one panel with her and Katana being happy. But uh... if anything,
3: what this if anything, what this comic does is that it really makes me long for a game in the future or a comic in the future, whatever it may be, that really kind of gets into the heart of Shao Kahn's character, because like he is an evil bastard. But I like the idea of knowing why he wants what he wants. Why does he, is he obsessed with Katana being his daughter? Why does he have to have specifically Sindel for his wife, who was Jared's wife, you know, at one point, right. even if she is evil? And why does he want to rule the world that Jared rules? Like, I like I the motivation behind things.
0: this. God.
3: <laughs>
2: in this comic, they don't really show that Alcon has interest in Sindel in any way.
1: No, no, they really don't.
2: Like he has interest in the throne, he wants to take over. He wants to take over Jared, Ger- Gerard's spot. But there's nothing that says that you know he wants Sindel as her as his queen.
1: And I th- and I think the reason of that is just this is a Katana story. We need to show his interest to Katana, Sindel, yeah, We can make yeah, another I, one. I shot agree of. with that. Uh, obviously, when you conquer a kingdom, that's just what you do. You take over uh, <laughs> the king's queen. That that you know. That's why that you know, is happens? a thing in the lore. Hmm.
2: Is that what happens?
1: I mean, more or less, I, obviously, it was a simple story back on the two D games. But it was more or less he killed Gerard, and I don't know. Maybe he thought Sadell was pretty cool. Oh, I thought you were referring wanted... to
2: like real life, <laughs> like that's what King. Well,
1: doing. I mean, I think that is a real life thing. You conquer. Ah. Uh, what is best in life, Conan? To to hear the 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 to slay your enemies and hear the lamentations of their woman. You know that that sort of thing. It's a conquer into you know. The, it's a big beat your chest conquer warrior thing. Um, you take your prize, um, and obviously that developed and got retconned into something a little bit more modernly acceptable. As no, she was just fucking evil, and you know, like I said, power couple, Shao Kahn and Sindel, best best couple ever. But um, yeah,
3: they really kind of are. I kind of love those two together. But <laughs> when when
1: you're saying that, Jay, that makes me think a. When you're saying uh, we should see another game, I'm thinking like, oh, we're playing. we played Mortal Kombat Mythologies, we're playing MK Special Forces, uh, semi-related to the next comic we'll talk about. Man, that would have been a cool MK offshoot game as an Adenia game. Where yeah. you're you are you are katana yeah. or agreeing. maybe a random Adenian in pre Shao Kahn Outworld before the Great Invasion, and maybe you're like interacting with characters, or when you're talking about when you switched it into this, uh, this perspective of Shao Kahn, what if you made a military strategy game? What if you made like a, a, a Dynasty Warriors or something else where you're <laughs> Shao Kahn commanding forces and <laughs> yeah, like conquering Adenia? That would be kind of cool.
3: I know what the spam move would be. Like the spam move would be that Shao Kahn runs onto a field like Dynasty Warriors and just slams his hammer on the ground and everybody gets a bled air. Oh, yeah, blood giant blood
1: shock air. wave and everyone yeah you know, falls down. Yeah, that yeah would be pretty much. So what do we think of this comic overall? I overall, it's not a great comic. It's very short and simple, but I like it. I I, I like it almost as much as Baraka. Uh, I definitely don't like it more than Special Forces. And I think it's better than the mainline Blood and Thunder and Battle Wave, which we read and commented on.
3: I want to go ahead and say, at least for me, it's surprisingly competent. Towards like basically, it starts off terrible, but it ends better than what I expected it would be. Like again, like um, I'm Charles not Marshall. a fan. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Charles Marshall the third, aka the third person that we often make fun of him for, just because you know you still get the s- from reptile, which I think it's stupid because like if there's one thing, like it's it's just a personal pet peeve. Like I hate my boy reptile getting disrespected like that. But also <laughs> at the same time, um. He does do things as a writer that I feel like more people need to do if they're writing Mortal Kombat lore. Like, if there's one thing I love about this comic that I can say unequivocally, I like the fact that they show Shao Kahn without his mask on. That shows vulnerability. That shows a more sort of human aesthetic side to him. They did do that that a lot in the
1: comics. In fact, I think through all of uh, Battle Wave, they showed him without his face. Or, I'm sorry, without his helmet.
3: But Josh, that was also written by Charles Marshall. So I mean, yeah. again, this well, is Well, like this even Tobias sort
1: of Tobias showed him without his mask in in his comic.
3: Yeah, but I mean compared to the games where you never see him without his mask on, I feel like this just adds a more sort of like vulnerability to his character and mm. it's not trying to t- to sell you on any sympathy of him being a good guy, but it is trying to tell you um, or sell you on the idea that Shao Kahn is more than just basically a Mongolian warlord that wants to (laughs) conquer things and do the evil thing because he can. Like there's, there's motivations there. And, I like the idea that they've tried to at least establish that for him and give him a bit more layers rather than just be like Skeletor or Cobra Commander from an 80s cartoon. Like, yeah. I like the fact that they've tried to do that. Well, so, This is
1: what comics can do. When you ha- when you have time to uh, stretch with some characters, they want to try to show you another side of them. And this is an attempt at that. Uh, and, I, and I almost want to say it's a successful attempt.
3: Yeah, like, like my one disappointment, though, at least for me, is that, like, I don't think it told me anything about Katana that I didn't already know. Molina is basically thrown in the garbage yeah. as a yeah, garbage character. You know, for a character.
1: comic called Com- uh, Katana and Molina. the best characterization we did get was from Shao Kahn himself.
3: <laughs> yep. Yep. So, it felt like more of a Shao Kahn story than a Katana and store. story. And even then, it focused more on Katana, and Molina was just tossed mm-hmm. by the wayside. But well, I feel Melina, like
2: uh has the best panel in the whole comic.
1: She, that's she does. that's the pathos selling point of the whole comic is that one panel. It's just seeing. And cont- that's that's what I think.
2: I I think this this comic is uh, overall it's okay. Uh, more on the side of good, but it's still kind of middle of the road. But I think because I read this after U.S. Special Forces, that I'm like, wow, this is way <laughs> better. But uh, <laughs> But I I liked seeing a little bit. I liked I I've known the story of you know, Gerard and the Adenia and Shao Kahn and all that stuff. But seeing it in a comic book form is like okay, that's an interesting take. Even though it is kind of cheesy because he does just look like uh, Party City, you know, king. And he king looks like
1: and the king from it. Legend of Zelda cartoon or CDI yeah. games. Yeah, it's not very. I mean, that's what that's what you think me. of when you think of a king, and they even have the uh, the scroll, text text yeah. bubbles and stuff like
2: that. Yeah, it's very very uh, old school, like fairy tale type of king and queen type yeah. thing. But but that's, I, that's it what was it was, cool was. To see it, it was, it was cool to see it picturized this way, and I do like what they showed with Shao Khan, even though it was a little creepy. Uh, right, but you understand not, him at least. Doesn't doesn't excuse yeah, him, but the, you understand him. Melina is definitely the more sympathetic of the two uh, by the end. Yeah. Um, the Lin Kuei make no sense. Uh yeah. Tsung, I wish they just, uh, they showed more of why he was planted there, really. Instead of us implying or inferring or like, you know, trying to figure it out based off of context.
1: Like maybe King Gerard's sleeping one night and the baby climbs out of its crib and comes stabs him in his sleep or something.
2: Something like that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> something, something, some, show a reason um but yeah overall it was a decent comic i think it was a decent yeah. comic um yeah
1: and at yeah. the end of the day i, mean, I just really is, wish the
2: art is not offensive at all
1: yeah the art is uh oh i switched to special forces who did the art of this jay could, could you rattle off uh oh i got it
3: yeah i forget um uh, uh, like i actually forget is, the artist but uh, the
2: the penciler is greg horn Yeah, Pencil is Greg Horn, Inker is Larry Welch, Uh, color design is Moose Bauman, so yeah.
1: Yeah, when we get into color design, I don't know how important that is. We will discover, and I'll say when we talk about Special Forces, how important just coloring or inking really is. Uh, Yep. But I will say, these two people, have we heard of them before in Battle Wave and Blood and Thunder? I don't think so.
3: They've, like, I recognize the art style. They've, like, they've done comics in the past. I I can't remember these specific ones, but they are not, like... 100% 100% like straight up noobs to Mortal Kombat comics. Like they've done stuff in the past. Okay. But their stuff, their stuff was actually, in my opinion, good. Because like, um, I remember when I first read the first panel um, of this comic, I was like, yep, Reptile looks the exact same as written by Charles Marshall the mm-hmm. Third as he did in previous comics written by Charles Marshall the Third. So...
1: They look like yeah. you expect them to. Yep, yeah, that's a Mortal Kombat. That's another thing.
2: It's like, it's not really indicative like just because... It's written by the same person. Like the artist can have a different interpretation of color. Yeah, design, so, right?
1: Yeah, that I think James spoke a little bit there. You know, it doesn't influence the way they they talk. That definitely is a Charles Marshall the third thing, which of course we know his trademark, which uh, was lightly used in this comic. It was in the first couple of pages, and then after that, it kind of it kind of I forgot it was a Charles Marshall the third comic. <laughs> after a while,
3: well, it started out that way, but. It, it Like, it got better, which, yeah, I, like, I guess just for our viewers here, like the Baraka one-shot, which I will equi- unequivocally say is the best one-shot out of, a, out of these oh, yeah, comic absolutely. comics that we've read so far. That was also written by Charles Marshall oh, which one? III of uh, the Baraka one-shot. Oh, yeah, that was which we all Charles liked. Marshall. Baraka
1: need help. Yeah. We, we, yeah. We, we said more than once in that episode, it's like, wow, did Charles Marshall really write this? Because it had some great yeah. characterization, not mm-hmm. just a Baraka, but a Scorpion. And it was a great, really well told story, and there wasn't too mm-hmm. much third person. And any third person that would have been in it wouldn't have been too out of the place because it's Baraka. He always he's Grimlock. He always you know, tell Baraka's story. You know that's how he yeah. talks. It yeah. fits. with Which, him.
3: which I do find it kind of like in a way, kind of like sad because I know that like at least on this podcast unabashedly by me is that I have ragged on Charles Marshall as a writer because there's just certain things oh, yeah. about his character. We've all
1: ragged about him. I- when I was over guesting on on Neil's podcast, uh, he brought up Charles Marshall, <laughs> and I, I rolled with a joke, too, because I think we all just know that's, you know, we know his shtick, and it's annoying. That poor guy. But I want
3: to say, I do want to say, though, that, like, I don't like his interpretation of a lot of characters in the, like, in the thick of writing them, but... I do like the, he does see the potential in a lot of characters. Like he sees the potential on Shao Kahn. He sees the potential on Katana
0: mm-hmm. and
3: Melina versus making them one note characters. It's just the way that he writes their dialogue is typically what I hate. I feel like that actually he would, like considering where Reptile is now today than where he was in 1995 when this comic was written. I feel like that Charles Marcher would actually write Reptile with a much more sympathetic, layered, and arc, you know, than he does, you know, in this comic, which is like a bebop and rock steady TMNT villain, you know, kind of thing. But what he does do is that he does actually care about character motivation, about what they want to do. So the potential is there for. Um, for these characters to really develop based through his writing, he he just doesn't do the dialogue in a way that I like.
1: Correct my memory. Was he present for the marriage, the the wedding between Shao Kahn and Sonya Blade, with with Kano and Shang Tsung as as groomsmen? I can't
3: honestly, Was that man. that I, <laughs> I can't remember. I can't either. remember. Um, Basically,
1: what you're saying um, is, is 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 if he touches the story and character motivations, great. Maybe just have someone else do the
3: dialogue. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where like. He sees the potential. He knows where these characters can go. And so I want to give him credit where it's due. It's just, you know, just stop this third person crap, man. Well, like, I I Maybe that's sick a, of it. A, a,
1: a studio directive. Maybe, you know, like I said, like like we've said and Neil said, is like they feel the need to, to remind the kids who are reading this who this character is.
3: I mean, to be fair. I'm saying like he should stop this third person stuff. Twenty five years later, after or, this or or
1: the most dearly afraid. stuff. Like everything is so very dramatic. It's so dramatic. Yeah, yeah does crop up uh, crop crop up in Special Forces or at least excuse me, the at least the uh, the tag along comic that comes at the end of Special Forces One, which I'll bring up when we get to it. But uh,
2: which
3: is, is which, there anything else, Josh? Yeah. Well, I was about to say, like, that's not a bad transition into our next comic, but.
1: Mm-hmm. But.
3: Oh, I was going to say, but, like, you know, do you have anything else we want to say about Katana Melina before we move on to Special oh, Forces? It, you it took kind the kind words right
1: out of my mouth, Jay. I was about to ask the same thing. Do we have anything else we want to say about Katana Melina? I do. I have one thing I want to say, and it's I just want to give Melina a hug. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've always wanted to give Melina a hug, but now I really want to give her a hug.
3: I mean, I mean, I kind of don't like. I kind of want to give her like, <laughs> like like a therapy session card or something because I feel like if I give her a hug, she's gonna bite. She's gonna bite my face off. But
1: well, you know, yeah. if it will make her feel better, if she bites my face off, well, maybe maybe I'll, I'll, I'll give her Definitely someone else, water. like a, a like what's her face in <laughs> Hellraiser? Just bring her people to feed on or something. Uh, maybe I'll do that sounds like a very dangerous relationship you, seen, you got anything to say about Katana and Melina uh,
2: I think we said everything really
1: yeah Yeah. so anyway well let's talk about the next one uh, whether it's it offers more to talk about or not it certainly is longer than Katana and Melina, as it is two issues, and it, it boldly advertises on the cover. This is the 40-page special. And I'll admit, I actually got a little fatigued being like, Jesus fucking Christ, how much longer is this comic? U.S. Special Forces, uh, longer, but perhaps less content to talk about it. Let's Let's launch into this.
2: But also that's kind of BS. It's not a 40-page spectacular.
1: It really isn't, because half of it is ads and letters.
2: Well, no, also, like, a uh, trivia don't forget the trivia of it but 24 pages of it is the main story then it has that thing that few pages at the end with that I bs
1: k oh i read it uh, thing? yeah i want to talk about it because uh, well I'll, I'll, I'll say why when we get to it but let's get to the meat i didn't read it because, of
2: i didn't read it because i think in this first issue alone i think i fell asleep twice
1: dude uh <laughs> I, i'll admit i felt well i i started to read this way back when we were reading our other comics right and i was like man this is 40 pages it really wasn't the first issue's is technically 30 pages which a third of it is taken up by ads and letters but the procedural detective we're going to do detective work stuff and there there's a lot of blocks uh, uh uh exposition i did i did start to yeah i'll finish this later when i reread it for this episode when i got to the second uh issue there was a point where I was reading it literally last night, and I got too tired, and I'm like, all this fucking pseudoscience jibber-jabber is getting a little too much for me. I think I'm going to t- go to bed. <laughs> a yeah, but you made a
2: conscious effort to go to sleep. I was reading it and, like, passed out twice Damn.
3: <laughs> I guess I, I guess I'm going to be the lone person that says that... I enjoyed this comic but not from the same perspective that most would think. I enjoyed it for the really for more nostalgia reasons and that Well, I know, I know like why I you enjoyed it. it.
1: And it has a as a as a, a great start and right at the start uh, that's totally yeah. Jay because guess what? Right at the start, it's a commercial for a 90s action figure line. That's what it is.
3: Pretty that's much feels like. I mean like it, but also it's sort of it sort of does something that I like a lot of like action nineties cartoon, like, uh, like just kind of like reading this, like full disclosure, reading this comic, I instantly thought of the nineties cartoon wildcats, which was yes. a comic that Jim Lee wrote. It feels like that. And or what's kind the, uh, of like that.
1: What's the nineties cartoon that had the action figure line that had the, um, it had a cowboy. And it had a villain that looked like the Statue of Liberty, but it was red. Uh, and another guy that was green and had buzzsaws in his shoulders. Do you remember that at all? So
3: <laughs> I think, uh, so I, I was going to say cowboys that moved Mesa, but the cowboy is a cow. So I think you're thinking no, no, no. of... <laughs> I,
1: I just had the toys and there, there, was this, there was a cartoon tie-in. And it was, yeah, it was your typical stereotypical 90s action cartoon. And it was
0: a, I think one I, I know what you're talking cowboy. about. Like like Josh. Like Josh. Did,
3: did, Josh did uh, did did the cowboy? Was he Native American? And did he have a horse that transformed into like his companion? Like he was a horse transformed into a companion. Don't recall.
1: I think he was white. I don't recall a horse. And I think his lasso had magical abilities
3: so the only <laughs> other cowboy i can think of that took place in space is um not thundercats but the other one with the like like with the do you hawk. remember a statue um,
1: of liberty looking silver Silverhawk,
3: silver yes yeah, silver hawk. that That's might
1: be it. it do you do you remember a villain that is red and has a crest on his yeah, head like the statue the, of liberty
3: I don't know about Statue of Liberty, Josh, but the villain of Silverhawks was red. So he has I think horns, that's
1: basically about. a crown of horns on his head.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're thinking of Silverhawks. Okay, that's, that's what you're Silver
1: thinking. Silverhawks. Yeah, this reminds me of because Silverhawks. it did take place in space. So, well, yeah, I don't space, know about- yeah.
3: I don't know about Silverhawks, but it does remind me of Wildcats because everything is so extreme. You got like we have another guy who has blonde hair and he's got metal arms just like Jax yep. does. He's got bio Let, cybernetics. Let's go through the uh, let's go
1: through the roll call because that's basically what the first couple pages does is we have our, our in media res uh opening action scene and then everyone gets their moment, quick moment to shine. We have of course uh Jax who's wearing a, a On the cover, he looks like Jax, but throughout the comic, he's wearing this weird costume that he wears, I believe, in the Tournament Edition 2 by John Tobias, which I guess is like, well, let's not make him look like he's going to work out of the gym. Let's make him look like he's actually on a mission. Let's give him some bodysuit, I guess.
2: Yeah. That's what everybody has, pretty much. Yeah. Well, kind of. Kind of.
1: And then we got Sonya, of course. Uh, She's not in this action scene. But then we got... Yeah, so Jay mentioned... uh, who I think looks like the biggest douche in the world, uh, our our main man Torque. Uh who Torque,
3: yeah. He
1: he has really uh spiky blonde hair, and he has sunglasses, and he has uh two bio uh metal arms preceding Jax's metal arms. In fact they look exactly stylized as Jax's arms would be shown in Mortal Kombat Three, but he didn't have them yet. So maybe, I don't know if Don Tobias took inspiration from this. Uh, it makes sense. Special Forces. Okay, we got another budget. Let's give Jack's arms too. But yeah, we got Torque. Hey man,
3: I mean like, 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 don't forget, you know, my A number one boy, freaking Cody Finnegan.
1: Is that your A number one? I had to go back and remind myself of his name. Because he is a <laughs> McWhite Mick, Mick guy, basic ass, Captain America looking motherfucker. He's a blonde guy with a beret. That's- He's, he doesn't even have any special powers or costume abilities like all the other characters. He's just he's just but a dude, buff blonde dude with a beret. That's his special power. He even says, "I didn't lose my hat."
3: But dude, his name is Cody Finnegan. Cody U.S. Finnegan. Special Forces at at your service. Like this man says, this like also is he blonde? I, I don't
1: I, know. <laughs> oh maybe oh, no, uh, Torque is blonde. In some. Co- in some-
2: in some panels, he looks black. I can't. I that's my my thing with the color.
1: I couldn't decide I if he was black. This
2: comic is like,
1: if he was black uh-huh. or white. However, on the cover, he is clearly white in contrast to Jack's. So I think he's supposed to be Mick, but Mick I White guy. Like the coloring is all over the place because some yeah. shots. I couldn't decide if our our, if our uh, special forces villain, uh, what's his name, Rojack, was black or not. Uh, depends on the lighting. Also,
2: there are some parts where I had to figure out which one was Jack's.
1: Like, yeah, I didn't don't have that, that trouble <laughs>
2: consistently.
1: Because Jax has a distinctive costume now. He has this black uh, with a U.S. flag, of course, on his breast. He looks like his cost, his Chronica costume from MK Eleven, his form-fitting thing. Ah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, honestly, all these fucking characters, dude. And I think part of it is the art. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll get to talk about. I don't think the art's great in this. But uh, it's really not. they all bleed together. Because after uh, Cody Finnegan, we have um, Vapor, who is a woman.
3: I like Vapor. Was made of Vapor. I like vapor, vapor, by the way. And
1: apparently has a yeah, Vega like mask vapor. on her. But I never got a clear picture of what she fucking looked like until issue two, when she's flying with a helicopter. I thought
2: she, I thought she was a ninja. Like I thought she had like a ninja costume. but Yeah,
1: like Katana. Know. Like Katana from Suicide yeah. Squad or whatever. No, she's a... Her story, as they explain in issue two, is that she may have been a scientist for special forces who was trying to figure out an invisibility cloak. And, you know, like you do, something went wrong. And so she is doomed to be invisible and she has to wear a uniform to even be seen. And part of that uniform is her Vega mask. It's not a ninja mask. It is a metal literally looks like Vega and also, I,
3: we can't forget about Mika Stone, man. Mika Stone. Don't forget Mika Stone. She pops
1: in <laughs> and and has her nunchucks. That's her trademark, apparently. Uh, and then has a, has a nice, really spread panel with her and Cody uh, showing off her um, assets, as you could say. Where it looks like looks like her her butt cheeks have been infected by some alien virus. <laughs> and each individual yes. cheek is, is wobbling and threatening to burst at once. And the second I turn to that panel, I want to say, I want to jump down and be like, get down. Cause wow. They, they really accentuated um, her rear end and yeah, her shtick is, is I guess being, being a woman and being dressed in purple tights and having nunchucks. That's about all she does in I this for
2: her And, uh, Silence. And, oh, I'm Tom, sorry. Like, there's there's a part where Sonya Blade, like, like in that big splash at the beginning, like she is twisted in a way that just does not is not.
1: Is, is Sonya like, in the beginning? I thought actual. she was she was behind the scenes in this uh, opening in Media Res action scene.
2: No, she's there.
1: No, is she? She's in the bottom left. I think. What what page? What page? I'm on it.
2: The se- I think it's the second page of the whole book. Oh, with well, the big, big opening big,
1: spread. Big, Let's see. Uh, yeah, on the left. I see. Like once again, the art is so bad. Like I said, I didn't get a, a sense of what what's the ghost uh, vapor was like vapor? <laughs> until later on because, like everything, I vapor? thought there was a vapor's the the oh, woman in the back. Uh, vapor is uh, fl- flying in the very very back. Jesus, this comic's drawn so bad. Um, where's Sonya? Yeah, there. Is that Sonya? Yeah, I guess Sonya Sonya's is next
2: here. to Torque. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she's next to Torque. There's Sonya, Cody, Torque in a line. The Jax is in the front, and then Tork is grabbing a random black dragon thug's neck. Which, when I first looked at it, I couldn't tell his arm was on someone's neck. I was like, "Who's that werewolf-looking motherfucker?" Uh, and then, <laughs> then you got Mika Stone in the very background, and I don't even see where's where's uh where's Vapor? Vapor? Where's
2: Vapor? Vapor, if you look at, look at it on the top of, uh, above Torque's shoulder, <laughs> the hand that he's holding the guy, you can see him, her drawn in the back. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, there she is. She's flying away in the background and she's like yeah. one shade. She's like not even colored Wait, in all the, the way. What's
2: the name of the, the other lady? And then there's another woman
1: who I forgot was even a thing in the, in the beginning is her name is Silence because, uh. Oh, right. Vapor is letting the guy be freaked out when the bullets pass through her, and then Silence comes out and finishes him off by... Uh, it's not very clear by the horrible art, but she plunges. She's got spikes a la Baraka on her arms, but she plunges through him and says, oh, things really? can go through you, too. What? They show up later when, when they're interrogating uh, the other special forces captive. She's got I'm not sure. quite Baraka length, but she's got kind of like predator... <laughs> spikes uh on each arm that's her shtick. Oh, shit! yeah because uh vapor says thanks thanks silence and i'm like i don't know if she was telling someone silence or if there's a character named silence but she is a character they spell
2: it differently so yeah
1: and and she's dressed in all purple she looks like something out of teen titans uh and i'm gonna say i think she's a bad guy she's really fucking sadistic but we'll get to that too what were you gonna ask jay These fucking Saturday morning action uh, figure characters.
3: Yeah, it really kind of is. Because one thing I love about the art in this is that it's comical how inconsistent some of the art is. Like, granted, I can't confirm this, but I'm pretty sure that, like... Jax is less buff in certain panels compared to other panels, and Sonya has blonde hair in panel 21 or 24 of the first issue. But if you go to panel like 26 of this first issue, the art radically changes, and Sonya now has brown hair for some reason. And yeah, you're Jax saying is instantly that more buff now. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm no dude, like, I mean, I, to get to I that, mean, dude, but. like. I mean, dude, like, look at it. Like, it's. It, so, I guess the broader point is that the art in this comic feels pretty inconsistent. There's a lot of, like, cross hatching with colors that make no sense on human skin. It's almost like they're implying that there's light shining from a certain direction, even in the first panel, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work very Let's well. Let's go
1: see who we can blame, um, because I will have an interesting point to bring up once we get to that parent uh, splash that you seen didn't read. Uh, because he's responsible for both of these. As a man we've talked about already. Uh, it's the penciler. His name is uh, Patrick Rollo, Which... Uh, Supply my memory. I believe he did uh, the Baraka yeah. one-shot comic, correct?
3: Yes, he did. Which
1: we were he more did. or less okay with that. It wasn't great. But it wasn't terrible. It definitely wasn't as bad as the Battle Wave art. Uh, but... Well, I think... It looks like Patrick Rollo did
2: just wait. The pencils.
1: He did the pencils.
2: Really? Yeah. I I mean for the the splash at the end.
1: Okay. Uh well if we want to get spoilers here, basically when you get to the splash at the end, which is a, a really fucking useless little uh mini comic called Kano Escapes or Kano Breakout. It's literally fucking three pages long immediately when we transition to it i'm like what is this the same comic and then it took a page for the title to come up and i'm like oh this is a little one shot but the first thing i noticed was wow the art looks completely different that sonya looks completely different but then i realized oh it's not the pencils it's the coloring because looking at the uh the the credits for yeah, that coloring. which is this the warden <laughs> is once again charles marshall the <laughs> third he didn't write Special Forces, but he wrote Kano Breakout, which you could tell right away because Kano says something like, we don't, we don't get to do this until Kano breaks out. And then Sonya says something like, you'll pay most dearly. And I'm like, yep, it's a Charles Marshall comic. But
0: <laughs> but it's
1: Patrick Rolo still on the pencils, but it looks completely yeah. different because there's a completely different colorist or, also the, yeah, the, or whatever. The right. inking
3: is a lot more a lot thicker yeah. for some reason. Yeah, like it's not as thick in the middle of the first issue. In the beginning, it's thick, and at the end, it's thick. And then apparently on panel twenty-six, it just gets like dumb thick. Like I, I when can't you say panel twenty-six. This. Like, you
1: mean like page twenty-six?
3: Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, page yeah. twenty-six. Yeah, yeah. So like, if you look up. at so, so, Josh, if you well, I page you to twenty-six at, like, is, pay-
1: is the one shot. That's Kano breakout. That's when that starts. And no, yeah. And that's a yeah. Completely that's what I mean. Like the art looks
3: instantly changed. Like 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 that. Like changes. Well, that's why because it's, it's, almost, it's, it's
1: well, a different colorist. Patrick,
2: no, he's saying he's saying within he's saying within the comic itself. He's within saying it, within the, the comic it itself.
1: But page twenty six is when the new comic, when the Kano one shot breaks in, and when I notice the art changes all of a sudden, and that's because it's a different colorist.
3: Oh yeah yeah. yeah well i mean which you know which is fine but it's just like at least in the package that i actually read this comic it's very abrupt like there's no transition into it it's just like boom is here well jay Jay, you interpreted that as
1: changing in the middle of the comic and i did too but it's actually the start of the one shot it just takes a page for you to bring up the title screen so it is
3: there's there's a comic within the comic
1: it should be considered a different comic so let me um so yeah
3: but it's only like three pages yeah it's the most useless
1: comic of all and it says read battle waves so i guess that sets up where kano was which i can't even fucking remember what kano was doing (laughs) he was the best man at sonya's wedding so i guess he ends up in outworld at some point but uh u.s special forces uh give me a moment uh oh i'm an issue two how'd i get an issue two hold on a sec can we do like a Cliff Notes version of the
2: story, because this story is not very deep. Yeah, no, yeah, the story it kind of goes all
1: over the place. So, Special Forces has art by Patrick Rolo, and the coloring is Abraham Madison. Now, when you get to the end, where, Jay, you said it changes all of a sudden, it changes all of a sudden because it switches to a, a one-shot two-page comic featuring Kano, and that one, give me a second.
2: Uh, how the fuck well, do the I? The Problem is that they they don't they, they don't put they don't put who's the pencilist and
1: who's the. Who's I know the they place. say the warden and, and and shit like that. They're trying to be cute, right?
2: Well, they did that in the beginning too, which was really. I had to laugh at that because I was just like, like I said, like from the tingling pen, tingling pen. <laughs> Uh, penciled with the gashing. What what's gashing mean? Gashing, gashing graphite, graphite.
1: The, gashing, the gashing, graphite, gashing graphite.
2: Yes, of Patrick Rollo, embellished with the enchanted strokes of Abraham Madison, lettered by the naturally nimble fingers of Joe A- Allen, oh colored with the vicious vibrance by uh Scott Katanak. Edited with the liberal dose of light-hearted fun by Dan Shaheen. And then at the end, based on characters created by Ed Boone and John Twice. Wow, yeah, no flourish for that. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
1: So when we get to the point where J.U. says it. things shift gear, once again, the reason it shifts gear, now now I fully understand. You were telling me this before the podcast. Now I fully understand. It, it doesn't have a nice breaker page, but this is a separate comic, And it says, Charles Marshall, prosecutor i.e. writer, uh, and we could tell right away. Uh, Patrick Rollo, mugshots. so he is still doing the penciling. The art, the, the the bare bones art are the same. But then it says, Richard Emmond, Ed- Armed Guard. So I, I don't know what the fuck that means, but he's a third in line, so I'm assuming he is a colors for this one. And that's why it looks so different. There's 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 some hatching, cross-hatching going on here, and it looks way more contrasty. And it stands out a little better than US Special Forces, which to me just bled all over the place and I didn't know what the fuck I was looking at. Uh and then we got yeah, true. Joe Allen as court recorder. I'm assuming that's a cute way to say lettering.
2: Well, I think he's the same he's the same as in the main comic.
1: Okay. Well the lettering's Joe the same Allen, then.
2: Joe Allen well, Joe Allen is the letterer.
1: letterer. Yeah. Well, yeah, court recorder. That's lettering. Dan Shaheen is district attorney, whatever that was. <laughs>
2: He's the editor.
1: Okay, and then Mark Padicia is Warden, whatever the fuck that means. They're, they're, they're being super cute with this. But yeah, really fucking useless uh, two-page comic after this, that, yes, Jay, the art changes drastically. But it's still Patrick Rollo doing the pencils. It just looks... I keep bringing this up because I think...
2: The inker anchor, anchor and the colorist definitely make a difference.
1: Yeah, it's like, I'm not much of a comics guy, so... This might be illuminating to me, but perhaps uh, no shit to anyone listening, is that, wow, the colorist really makes a difference. Because we have the same penciler here. Yeah,
3: colors do make differences.
1: And I thought Sonia looked drastically different when I switched over to this comic. Uh, but it's the same penciler drawing her. It's uh, But uh, yeah, Jay, her hair is brown. And it's just everyone has a lot more harsher shading on them. So same penciler, but all of a sudden you get someone else doing the inking. And the whole look of the comic just does a 180. And I like this look a little better. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's style back and talk about the wonderful story that is Special Forces.
3: So the story is Black Dragon Organization is doing the bad thing and Special Forces has to stop them. That's the story. And, J- and and Jax gets kidnapped.
0: Yeah,
1: Jax. And, and Mika Stone.
3: Jax,
2: is... Jax and Mika Stone.
1: Although Jax, right Jax gets the, the shit end of the stick. He gets beat the fuck up.
2: Yeah, he, he gets does get knocked
1: beat the, the fuck, fuck out. up. Almost a is that little...
2: The dude who plays? Uh, dude who but... plays?
1: He's a character? Not actors. who
2: plays, but, uh, who's not, I mean, not the actor. But who's the, the, main, the main bad guy... Rod, Rod, Uh Rojak, Rojak, Rojak,
1: horseman. Dude, he says some offensive shit in this. Country. Really? Uh, he he calls yes. everybody. Uh, yeah. What's he call them? Speds. Speds. What's that mean? Isn't that a slur for something? Yeah, like special eds. Oh shit! Really? Is that what yeah, that? Oh so. wow! Well, that was the nineties. <laughs> yeah. What else does he say? Something else that went over my head? No, that's the only
2: one. But he just says that a lot. <laughs>
1: I mean, I figure you call them speds because they're special forces. Yeah, speds. Wow.
3: Also, also like, like, uh, like a like a thing on Rojak. Rojak is the most nineties of villains or good guys or edgy edge lords that ever was because every time he walks around and does dialogue, he's always smiling when he says it, and he's smoking a cigar. Yeah,
1: he does smoke a cigar towards the end. I can't tell if he's smiling or not. I don't know what the art's trying to tell
3: me there. (laughs) He's just—he's being serious, but he's always got a cigar in his mouth. This is something that comics has done for a long time. Like, they always do this. Um, Like, dudes just, whether they're good guys or bad guys, but they always are the edgy anti-hero or ultra bad guy types. They always have cigars in their mouth. I don't know why, but that's just what Um, they do. Jax
1: would evolve to smoking cigars himself and he's a good guy and you know yeah usually, usually you have the, the hard grizzle good guys smoking cigars sometimes like jacks
3: yeah but i mean bet like 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 the bad guys do it too like this is something everyone enjoys a, a good cigar
1: comics. every now and then
3: yeah like but i mean like it seems to be a kind of a funny thing when all like the baddest of the bad or the goodest of the grizzly good guys or whatever always do it it's a very manly thing to do in comics it is. is to always it increases have a cigar. Your testosterone. <laughs> so. I guess so, <laughs> so Arnold Schwarzenegger
1: I delights in, in smoking his cigars. He'll tell you he's seen his videos. Yeah. Um, one thing I think that's funny to re- remark is, uh, the difference between the heroes and villains in this and a game, which we're started to play in stream. And we'll talk about soon on the podcast is mortal Kombat special forces, the Vigia game, uh, which you seen you had mentioned to me, it's like, oh shit, they're completely different stories. It's like, yeah, they're not based off each other. And it should be noted this one. I didn't realize till today is called specifically U S special forces. The video game is just called special forces. But in in the video game, it annoyed me that the black dragon, this criminal organization is fucking filled with Batman villains. Uh, You know, you got your uh, no face, you know, the guy with, well, no face and a and a flamethrower and as we saw in uh Mortal Kombat Legends Snowblind of Kenshi which featured a heavily black dragon uh ensemble for the bad guys they have a motley crew of people i didn't realize at one point uh Aaron Black was in special forces i learned this on a Mortal Mortal uh podcast and uh Tor apparently was, you know, crazy fucking cartoon characters where I like the idea that the Black Dragon, they're a very realistic criminal organization and the, mo- out- the most outlandish person in their group is Kano. Uh, mm-hmm. But in in the Special Forces game, yeah, the, the, the enemies are cartoon characters and Jax is just, well, Jax, I guess he's a cartoon character because he's got metal arms and all that, but he's the only person we really see so far. All the other Special Forces people are just... Voices in a radio. Here, the enemies are pretty much what I expect the Black Dragon to look like. They're just rough and tumble guys. Bojack Horseman or whatever his name is. He just has a bandana. And he's just a tough guy. And the good guys are fucking 90s action figures. (laughs) You know, you just got your your hush or silence or whatever and vapor and torque and all these stupid fucking shit we're spending taxpayer money on to, to... put some eight-year-old's fantasy to life
2: oh they keep saying that they keep saying like
1: uh, If, if uh, if my arms break anymore we're gonna clinton's gonna have to raise taxes yeah like a little bit of like hey kids don't forget who's president like it's adult humor but it's clearly a teenage teenager comic but it's like trying to be relevant at the same time i don't know
2: Yeah, it's like we're going to use the gold found or whatever to build roads or something like
1: that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Build your roads, pave your roads, build me some new arms. I'm assuming gold-plated arms. Yeah. So basically this comic, it's a Black Dragon opening, starts out with our our fucking 90s action, uh, action figure heroes trying to intercept the Black Dragon on some bad shit. And it goes south, and it basically turns into this procedural detective uh, snooping hunt to try and find out what. And it's am I the only one that kind of felt like is a little boring? Very no. Also, these no, are special forces, not police detectives. I, I, I have a feeling we're very generous of what we assume special forces does. <laughs>
3: If you've ever read, if you've ever like read, if anybody listening to this podcast has ever read a ish any issue, really, you could just pick your poison. Any issue of Wildcats that was not written by Alan Moore, it feels the exact same. Like it feels like the exact si- like same thing of comics from that time. Like if you've read like a cable comic back in the day, you mm. know, by freaking what's his name who does the bad art with Captain America's chest, oh, um, Rob Liefeld, like it, Rob Liefeld, yeah, yeah. like if you. Yeah, if you ever read a comic like that, like this doesn't feel, in my opinion, all that much different because the art is kind of all over the place. The colors are all over the place. There's a lot of harsh lighting, a lot of harsh cross hatching, which you know, depending on how it's done, can be good or bad. But you know, as we've commented, is there cross hatching in, the in this? There, Carollo,
1: there definitely was cross hatching oh yeah. in in the one off that came after this at the end.
3: Josh, there is. There is. There's a lot, yeah. there's a lot of like, there's a lot of harsh cross hatching at times, particularly like, uh, particularly in the first issue. My
1: main issue, no pun intended, uh, is that the colors are just very decent. Yeah. Draw, sapped out. Unnatural. They're not natural. And it causes everything to bleed together, which is why I couldn't get a clear picture of what vapor looked like until issue two. It's just like, it's hard to distinguish meaningful action in these panels.
3: Yeah, Vapor is kind of like, you know, which is funny. Like, I mentioned at the beginning before we started reading this comic that th- I actually overall like this comic. And the reason why is that, like, much like how I said in Katana Molina, how I'm sort of annoyed that um, that Charles Marshall gives me character depth but doesn't write the characters with as much potential. Special, Special Forces actually gives me character potential... And not really much else. Like I kind of like. Okay, so I would say this with conviction. Like I like I want to know more about Vapor. I want to know more about Cody, fin- Cody Finnegan. Finnegan. I want what? to know most, more about Torque.
1: The most vanilla what? fucking yeah. character ever, Cody Finnegan. I don't
2: give a shit about I, any of them. I, I don't want I care to. About, I, 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 no, I'll, I'll give Jake some I credit. Want,
1: vapor is interesting because they imply a backstory. Yeah, Vapor issue is too. cool.
2: Well, Vapor yeah, like, is the only one that that seems like they could actually be in Mortal Kombat. I could see that, yeah.
1: You know, in the game, except like in the her game, face yeah, looks like only, Vega, they're... so you probably you know, all right? All but like, she's the
2: thing. only like supernatural one on the squad.
1: Well, maybe except uh, Silence, uh, which I want to talk more about her. Sure, it's like she, she's she's got sure. gray skin. She looks like uh, what's the girl from Teen Titan Raven? Is it Raven? She's got yeah. the purple hair. She yeah, looks like Raven. Raven, and yeah, she's got she likes to withdraw spikes in her wrists, and she's very uh homicidal i haven't
2: seen i don't know where the hell that is
1: um literally when she kills the guy in the opening couple pages and then when they interrogate the guy uh and he doesn't want to talk she brings out her spikes and says well maybe i'll just cut your tongue out it's like holy shit you're the hero what are you doing um very violent if you barely see that shit yeah like I said, maybe maybe that that goes to show they don't really take advantage of these weirdly, oddly, oddball, colorful characters that they have. But yeah, it's on page yeah, like with Tori. Oh and, yeah, it's hard to see. It's Torch on page and, uh, Cody's like page sixteen by the comic. Hold on a sec, because uh, the 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 comic has the pages printed on it. And oops, I just skipped ahead. But the if you're looking at a file, uh page 13 by the comics printed page if you're looking at it electronically it is page 14 it's at the bottom panel bottom right panel oh I see. and it. she's looking yeah, at his yeah. face and there's a claw and it's touching it's scraping his cheek and she's like i'll cut your tongue out yeah yeah
3: yeah um yeah but i kind of I do kind of like want to know more about some of these characters and only because like, I love the idea because we always have heard in Mortal Kombat that like Jax and Sonya were part of like an elite group of whatever, like, like, like that's So, so now in this comic, we get to see what that group is. And, I don't think they're written well, and I don't think their characters are all that great, but I like the fact that there is like at said, least a colorful contrast between the characters. They like, are
0: G.I.
1: Joe action figures. I kind of don't like this. I they like, are. Sonya and Jax are supposed to be serious real-world military, and we did get to see a little bit of what they might be in uh, the Mortal Kombat, uh, I believe the uh, John Tobias comic, or maybe it was Blood and Thunder, where we saw uh, Lance was Sonya's partner. Who gets killed by Kano? And he also had a metal arm, much like Torque has two metal arms. But uh, I guess that You're was saying
2: Twerk instead of Twerk.
1: Torque? What am I saying?
2: You saying Twerk like Twerk? Twerk.
1: Get back to Twerk. <laughs> I I thought I was saying Twerk. Maybe I'm just inflecting wrong. But uh,
3: I mean, I can see that. Like like like, consider the character's personality. I can see him Twerk. He could in a probably Twerk. Yeah, he's probably arms. got
1: metal butt cheeks. When he... Slam together, they make sparks, <laughs> um yeah, everyone else is very very uh accentuated butt cheeks in the in this art um i I meant to say torque, I'm sorry, but uh, I guess uh Lance was a precursor to this, and I don't like it i mean it it, it fits for a young teenage demographic, but it just fucking everyone's a fucking action figure, dude, and they got a, a over the top personality. I don't like it, I just want regular army people. <laughs> Doing army shit. <laughs> Instead, yeah, they're doing detective shit. Which, which the story, yeah. unless anyone has anything else to and not say. Not even
2: good, detective.
1: Not even good, yeah, because apparently they are the worst detectives ever, because Jax and uh, Mika Stone are back at the crime scene a day later on Jax's intuition, being like, we might have overlooked something, and they find something which uh, is a total MacGuffin because it's a, a communications device by the Black Dragon that shows they called some official government explosives uh, depot I guess to make the bomb that they planted on them earlier. Uh, and they think that, oh, that's a clue. Let's go there. And apparently this is a fucking clever deception in Black Dragon's opinion because they use it uh, as a decoy so they can... Uh, run Jacks and Mika off the road, uh, which seems awfully silly. Why don't they just let them go to wherever they thought they were going to go and, and ambush him there? But instead, it's a ploy just to run them off the road. And apparently, innocent, uh, car, too.
2: <laughs> it's like run them into, like, uh, parked cars, where they make a point of
1: pointing out. Yeah, I, I was confused by that. At first, I'm like, wait, what's this car in the middle? Who's that? Did they just kill an innocent civilian? But then they readdress later that, uh, they ran him into some parked cars, so but I don't know how this is a grand fucking scheme. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna plant real evidence, apparently. <laughs> and when they run off with it, we're going to chase them and run them off the road. Ha <laughs> ha, nothing can foil us. That's so fucking nothing stupid.
3: can. Yeah, nothing can possibly go wrong. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. No,
1: well in actuality everything goes right for them. They do run them off the road. Jax and Mika fight back, but uh they're outnumbered, so they get they get the shit beat in. <laughs> and they get kidnapped. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, you know so that's a good I plan. Like a, yeah. Hm.
3: But yeah, this comic is very much a '90s action movie, like personified, and a comic to the. I feel worst like that's. A, I feel like that's an insult to a '90s action. Movie I almost do. I course. mean, to be fair, yeah, it yeah, starts it, out it, promising.
1: Yeah, kind of it's like, okay, we got some intrigue, we got some spy shit, and then it just goes. It goes stupid, man. And the next issue... It really does. They introduce... This should have been a three-issue thing. Because they introduce Supernatural I don't show. think
2: I could have taken another issue of this, man. Huh? I don't think I could have taken another issue of this.
1: Yeah, I, it wasn't that bad, but...
2: Yeah, it's yeah like
3: they, like, well, I, I don't it think it was, was that bad either. But like, the art was very inconsistent. But I still kind of liked it. Like, I had, I kept getting nostalgia bait from this comic. Like in a lot of ways, like, just like oh. I laughed
1: at the first panel where, where where everybody got their introduction and showing how colorful and wacky they were. But literally, when I read this months ago, when we were doing our other comics episode, when I was starting to read it, I was like, boy, I'm not going to look forward to finishing this. And I was right i just don't you know they were doing there's a lot of panels with a lot of a lot of text of dense yeah uh uh what do you call it? exposition and it's not that interesting dude and and, and then it's yeah really kind of then we get yeah. to issue two and we introduce some supernatural shit so we we're never really given a clear idea of what black dragon's plan is they're trying to be intrigued with it like oh they have a bunch of gold on a ship They were A-OK of blowing that gold up and jumping ship. What are they doing? Well, it turns out they uncovered an artifact. This this sounds interesting. It's an artifact with hieroglyphics on it that can't be carbon dated. Ooh. And uh, they never explain what the fuck it is. All it turns out is uh, they're hoarding more versions of this and they are using it to open portals to other dimensions so they can rob riches and, and get rich. That's it. All, all, all the second issue. Yeah, I, I do leave out the the nice tease at the end of issue one, where they did have a captive and uh, a little, a little M rated for a teenage comic. He kills himself, uh, so he you know doesn't have to speak, doesn't have to rat out his friends at the end. That's a big tease, right? And then we lead into yeah, this.
3: Tren. I believe, but he had a name, Tren.
1: Tren. Yeah, he's just random Tren. black dragon thug. <coughs> Whose who silence threatened to cut out his tongue, uh, which seems counterproductive. Um, but yeah, their whole plan was we have secret MacGuffin artifacts that open up portals that we can rob riches from. And we get rich, bitch. And then, uh, yeah, they ruin that plan.
3: Like I said, the co- like the whole point of this comic is that Bla- like Black Dragon is doing the bad thing. And then Special Forces is just coming in to save the day. Kano
1: is no- nowhere to be seen, except for that little... Uh, to play two or three yeah. page thing.
3: That's true. I thought they that mentioned
1: him at the very beginning, but uh, it might have been a behind the scenes thing.
3: They tried to sell you on cigar smoking Rojack. Rojack. You know?
1: That's better than Crimins <laughs> that uh, Neil liked to bring up from the Mortal <laughs> Kombat movie Novelization, <laughs> the worst name he could come up with for another thug, Crimins
3: That like... Like dude, lo, this is why. Dude, like, uh, um, like, granted, I can't, I can't say this comic is in any way, shape, or form all that good. But I can say I would like to see these characters in a Mortal Kombat game. Like, I actually would. I'd like, like I, to I, see
1: yeah. this as another. I would see. Vapor. I wouldn't see
3: only vapor. Yeah, I want to see Vapor. I want to see, like, Cody Finnegan. <laughs> Cody <laughs> Finnegan right. might be amusing. He's going to be another, be another I just, striker, that's why. I, I, exactly. <laughs> that's kind of why I want to see him. Like I, like, I want to see Cody Finnegan because his intro was so funny.
1: Silence. I could see uh, – what's her name? Silence. Yeah, Silence. I could see her. Yeah. She's she's of kinda... –
2: Silence and I could see Vapor. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, like like
3: uh, 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 torque. What about is, yeah torque? Doesn't like, matter because we have Jacks. We have
0: Jacks
1: now. So why do you well, need? Well, thing. Right?
3: Like I, like I like the idea that we have torque because he's the blonde bombshell version of Jacks. Like so. I kind of like no, that. I don't want that. That's whitewashing Jacks. <laughs> <laughs> but he's so much cooler. He's got sunglasses. He's not cooler
1: than
0: Jacks.
1: <laughs> I will say, I thought he looked like a complete douche.
0: Yeah, an uh, Probably That's why I in the panel
1: to where he says Clinton's got to raise taxes, just something about the way his hair sits... And his sunglasses and his sneer, and I'm like, <laughs> I hate you. Like he definitely voted.
2: He definitely voted for Trump. Like 30. years He ago. probably did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Why do you think I like him? I think he's funny. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he's hilarious.
1: <laughs> uh, but could you make like this he made me laugh a
3: couple of times in this comic? Like, 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 like I was chuckling. I was chuckling. I mean, just reading his style, no, like same
1: gameplay as Jack. As well, maybe, maybe he could make something different. But he is. Yeah, you're laughing okay. like the whole comic. He is the butt of the joke because. He's riding in the van of Sonia, and he keeps making jokes. And Sonia's like, "I get it, Torque, I get it." And then at the end of the issue, too, guess what? His arms get busted again, and he makes a joke about that. And I guess it's like his arm is Kenny. Uh, they just always get busted, or something, and we just keep getting our yeah, taxes so it, raised.
3: Yeah, so like, yeah, so Torque is the Ken to Jet, you know, to Jack's Ryu. Like, I was talking sense, Kenny like
1: from South Park. He always dies, not Ken, but. But
3: he doesn't die. His arms get destroyed. But his he arms doesn't die. die.
1: That's the point. It's the joke. His arms okay. always get destroyed. Like Kenny always which, dies.
3: Which is funny. So that means that he could have a move to where he 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 plays like Jax, but he sucks at it. So when he does his like like his, his arm rush, oh. if it hits, his arm just breaks off. Or he
1: could rip off his own arm and use it as a weapon, like just beat you with a little, like yes. a club seat. You could make torque. Uh, yes. different. Yeah, like Quan Chi, I guess. I don't know. You could do something with Twerk. Uh, there's plenty more characters I'd rather see in Mortal Kombat than these guys. Uh, bring Art Lean. Oh yeah, you know. for
2: sure. I I I want Art Lean over anybody, and I mm-hmm. hell, I I'd, I'd probably want Art Lean more than like Jack damn <laughs> honestly
3: dude like i don't blame you for that like art would be cool but i'm just saying like if we got to pick from the pool of special forces dookie then i then i would pick torque <laughs> i would yeah, you pick the worst one
1: i'd rather have no face from the game uh than any of these fuckers no face would be cool we had God, him in the movie right vapor for me Her vapor's cool but like i said she does kind of look a little bit like vega so that might be a.
2: well you can change that
1: yeah i guess so she could have some cool moves. She could do a button hold, right, and projectiles pass through her, right? I mean, she's kind of just a female smoke, really. I guess, but smoke doesn't have that ability where shit can pass through him, unless... I didn't play much in 9, I don't know. does if... he do that in 10? He's not in 10, dude. He's like in the story I mean, mode in, in 10, 10, but he's not playable in 10. Oh,
2: nine, yeah. It's, he was in, he
1: nine, in 9, and they gave him some lame-ass fucking... Smoky moves, but I don't know if shit can pass through him because I didn't play him because his look is fucking horrible. He looks like a... He didn't look
2: that bad.
1: The fuck you on? They changed...
2: Oh, I I think I mostly played as the... They gave him that
1: long-ass fucking gray hair. What's wrong with that? Uh, Just like it's a complete shift, you know, trying to expand what smoke might look like. And it just looks... Looks lame, dude. Yeah, and I he says, it. he says, where there's smoke, there's fire. He's like, shut the fuck up. They <laughs> ruined smoke <laughs> in nine. I'm sorry. I mean, I guess it's better than toasty in the uh, blood wave battle wave comics, but still uh, no smoke was total lame. <laughs> in nine smoke has yet to find his own identity because nine is the first time he gets his own unique moveset. He was a playable character as a robot in uh, 3 but he still just had scorpion moves right 9 was the first time he actually had like smoke bomb shit and all that oh but
2: man his, his
1: outfit looks pretty cool man. I don't like it man uh, they 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 fixed it in 10 where they just made him look like a basic ninja but he also just looks basic uh, not like Air Mac or Rain where they gave him their own flavor uh, they need to do something to smoke yeah. maybe he'll come back in 12 uh, but no, I hate his I hate his nine costume dude. He looks so fucking dorky, awful. I
0: mean,
2: that's just your opinion, man. Yeah,
1: well, I, mean, I guess it is.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, well, uh, continuing on to this comic, a uh, couple oh, things God. I think we should say <laughs> is how it concludes, right? So we got this stupid MacGuffin thing. It's a, it's a hieroglyphic Stone. tablet that notes something, yeah. which the perfect each piece of it. Uh,
2: Opens a portal to a different dimension.
1: Right. And uh, we're never explained where it came from. I think the perfect way to have explained it, which is why I think this should have been a three-issue comic, is that it has something to do with Raiden. Because I was thinking that's what they were going to do. They were going to drop in the grander world mm. of Mortal Kombat in this very grounded Earthrealm story, right? Yeah. Like, oh, uh, Raiden's like drops in. He's like, yeah, this is one of my artifacts, like the Ebon Rule sword that I kind of lost track of uh i'll take that back now thanks earth guys uh i'm out of here peace that would have been you know a little raiden uh inter you know interruption there but they didn't they didn't explain what the fuck this thing was just that black dragon found it they're using it for the most basest of things is just get rich and the special forces come in and rescue Jax and mika who the black dragon were about to send into the other realm to retrieve more riches because apparently there's a problem of the portals closing and they keep losing their men. And they're very callously like, Oh yeah, we lost our guys. They're lost forever, but, uh, they were low ranking, but we don't want to do that too many times. So we're going to send you guys in there. Uh, but luckily Sonya and the guys come in and rescue them. And in the most, uh, because they're getting close with their tracking device, uh, Rojak's tablet is activating and prematurely opening portals. And he mentions, oh, it's supposed to be voice activated. But uh, things are getting fucked up because they have a sensor that throws everything off. So portals are opening. So perfect opportunity to non-lethally defeat our enemy. Uh, just throw them in the portal, which actually is great. Yeah, you just banish Rojak to uh, the Paradise Island realm, it looks like. Not too bad, but uh, <laughs> yeah. then someone has a stupid idea of oh let's throw all the other artifacts in the portal with him. I think Jax says that, and they do that. Yeah, and I'm like, I
0: don't understand that. That is
1: stupid. Okay, you got rid of this important artifact that you don't want to have to deal with, but you just gave him a way to get out of his realm. You could have not done yeah, that. And he would into
2: another dimension. Yeah,
1: he would have been banished forever. That would have been perfect. That, so stupid. That's really dumb. Yeah,
2: and it it felt it felt like such an abrupt and like as soon as they figured out that oh we can use the sensor to figure out where the other piece is so that's where Jax would be, it took like two or three pages and then the end of the comic happened like. It,
0: yeah,
1: they pretty much found that warehouse pretty fast. Yeah, and there was there was a confusing fit. The action, it, well, I guess, I have to switch to the next issue here on my uh, list, but the the action is so. Kinda of confusing. And yeah, when when they when they, when they find uh the warehouse where Jax and Mika are being kept, they're riding up on it and they get shot at by Black Dragon members and Torque uh says something like, uh, oh hey, uh what a welcoming party or something like that, more bullets or something like that. And I guess they hop out of the van to attack them. It's like the the sequence of events is very confusing. Uh, they
2: basically just throw the car at them.
1: Yeah, but like
3: essentially, yeah.
1: Why did it confuse me? Here he says,
0: Wait,
1: a... "He says, ah, Black Dragon members, nice deception as always, Sonia, as if Sonia had anything to do with them." Uh, bullets, my kind of invitation. And Sonia says, "I think it's time to get off of this ride, Torque." And then yeah, I guess they crash the boat. Is is the way Torque introduced that? I don't know. And yeah, then suddenly they're inside, and yeah. Oh, Torque uses his arms. And they
2: never use doors. They always, they always, they always bust
1: through. Well, doors. Torque has metal yeah. arms, which he just said after they fixed him. He said they fixed him even stronger, and he can't, he, he can't wait to show him off. So now he gets to, he gets to do the Paul Phoenix thing and bust through the, yeah, the wall.
3: I'm in the Capitol! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think like like that's why I think it's like hilarious because I think even a uh, Torque even says that like oh yeah like after his arms get ripped off for like the umpteenth time he gets them replaced and he's like oh yeah you know like the military gave me new tech that allows me that you know that allows me to make even stronger upgrades to these arms so he's like all bragging about like how strong his arms are this is why I kind of like him I'm like this dude just like American taxpayer dollars at work man it's yeah, pretty wonderful literally <laughs>
1: so- and and when he breaks through the wall too he does he does. Drop an Arnold line. He says, "Knock knock."
2: Yep.
1: This
2: is yep. very this much is, a 90s. This, this comic. is part. And then silence. Says anybody
1: home? Anybody? Does she say that? Uh, yeah, she does. Uh, so much. This is remember. actually why
3: I like this comic. Like, granted, I can't say it's good, but I can say it's like it's like a 90s action movie, and I kind of love it. It is. But it's just
1: so that.
2: much like pointless exposition. Yeah, it, it just d- could have yes, been more exciting.
1: It's like Godzilla, King of the Monsters. When we, when we, you liked yeah. it, Jay. I didn't. I thought it was boring. Elliot thought it was boring. You seen? I think you thought it was boring, right? Which one? King of the Monsters. One of uh, Ghidorah and Rodan.
2: Oh yeah.
1: And, and yeah. Zhang Z was in it. And they had the on paper.
2: Was she in that?
1: Yeah, she was, dude. She was uh, bantering with uh, the dad from Get Out. Wow. You remember? Mm-mm. <laughs> that that was the one where Sarazawa sacrificed himself to revise Godzilla. Revive yeah. Godzilla.
3: I, yeah, I know who I know who Josh is talking about.
1: And uh so I like that movie 30 Minutes In.
2: This
1: is... I started giggling because it was a Saturday morning cartoon, right? Sounds great on paper. This movie is totally just silly bonkers. But about past the 30 minute mark, it got really boring and it had ideas that weren't fulfilled. And I ended up hating it. And someone on the internet was asking about it. And they're like, what's the tone like? Did you like it? I'm like, I didn't like it. Like, what's the tone like? And I'm like, honestly? 90s action movie, Saturday morning cartoon. And they're like, oh my God, that sounds perfect. And I'm like, that does sound perfect, doesn't it? Except it's poorly done. And that's what this is. The opening is 90s action figure commercial. And it promises like, okay, this is going to be cheesy fun. But yeah, they go through this procedural detective shit, and the plot is never fully defined enough. And it's just like, and it's only two issues. I don't give a fuck. This is a, it feels like it's four. If yeah, then, yeah, it feels like it's four for real.
2: Because there's a lot of there's a lot of like you know exposition and like descriptions that go nowhere. Like I'm looking at the page now, where basically uh, Road Jack is like you know basically holding Jax and Mika hostage and then describing him. And it just says, and there's like three boxes and all of it says one thing. It's like, there is a rugged and dangerous sound in Mm -hmm. Rojack's voice. The kind that belongs to a man who's done deeds who uh, you would rather not know about is a voice that matches the wicked glare in his eyes, a malicious twinkle that flashes for a second, then deadens with the height, uh, with the weight of anger. Yes, they are wicked eyes. For many of the tragedies they have witnessed there, caused by their owner, it's like.
1: I'll admit, I didn't have to I, do all. I kind of that. Kinda like that part. That's the first point where I started I, to get a feel for what Rojak was. Bad motherfucker.
2: Yeah, but it, it felt like it was a lot to just describe his. It's a bit heavy-handed. Look.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I like that yeah, idea of like, eyes that are so cruel that you could tell they've done bad shit. They've seen bad shit that they've done.
2: But I feel like you could say that in a more concise way that doesn't make me fall asleep. Well,
1: I don't think that's their concern. I think their concern is to uh, spread it out <laughs> over yeah, a couple panels. Their concern is
2: to, like, not make me fall asleep. Uh,
1: that should be the concern, yeah. Um, boy, I wonder how popular this was with the kiddies back then. I don't remember reading this. I did read some Mortal Kombat I don't comics. think it was that
3: popular, Josh. I don't think it was that popular with the kiddies. I think the kiddies skipped this one.
1: Skip this one. But it's got everything. It's got it doesn't have
3: it doesn't have
2: any of the characters that people attach like Mortal Kombat with outside of Scorpion. I mean uh, Sonya Blade and Right Jackson. Even then like Jax is out of commission for
3: most
0: of it. Much like I mean pretty uh,
3: much like God. I mean pretty much, I mean pretty much Josh, like would you rather read this comic or would you rather watch Demolition Man? I'd rather watch
1: Demolition Man. Yeah, exactly. It's a great. It's a good movie. <laughs> exactly. It's fun. It's entertaining. <laughs> it also has commando characters, but it's well, it's well written.
3: Yeah, it also has a character named John Spartan. John
1: Spartan wonderful. and uh what's uh uh Wesley Snipes' character called? Phoenix.
3: Simon Phoenix. Simon
1: Phoenix, yeah. yeah. Simon
3: Phoenix, yeah. Total
1: names that would be lifted out of this comic, but it's also uh cleverly written and uh you can't go wrong with uh Wesley Snipes' Playing himself, apparently. <laughs> uh,
0: yes.
1: And Sandra Bullock acting all silly and dorky, and Rob Schneider. You know, it's a great movie.
3: And Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider.
1: <laughs> um, boy, this this comic could only hope to be De- Demolition Man. I don't even know why you brought up that <laughs> yeah. comparison, Jay. Uh, yeah,
2: that's an unfair comparison. Yeah,
1: but yeah, Mortal Kombat is so fantastical why do you got to do the special forces thing? And I, I understand why they want to see, well, let's get a grounded earth story. And that's what the game that you see and you're playing now, special forces probably is also doing. It's like, after we get to see the wonderful world of sub zero and Quan Chi and gods, maybe you just want command a Commando GI Joe game. And that's what this comic is. But I mean, the it's part- the least interesting aspect of mortal combat. I think also. So
2: yeah, it is. And also it's like, you could switch like they don't do much to you know in this comic or in what little we've played of special forces they don't do much to establish the characters of like that we know like Jackson so yeah in, they're in really comic, in the background compared or to Jackson all
1: these
2: the or Jackson the game so it's like you could switch those characters out with just like generic military special ops dude and nothing much would change
1: yeah you're right about that nothing
2: history related Kano's not even in this right so it's like what are we doing like (laughs) you know the black dragon because of Kano why are we why are we messing with this Rojack dude like I yeah it's almost like it was a like it's a tv show or a movie where they couldn't get the rights or the actors to the main cast so they're like well we gotta just do something different like we gotta do something
1: yeah i guess that's what uh the explanation for it is like i'm okay for okay it doesn't have to be kano every time he's got a motley crew i want to see what they're like and we get to see it we get to see rojack um and i'm okay with rojack it's just that yeah i don't his plot needed it a little bit more uh oomph to it
2: that doesn't make any sense. I mean, like, it,
1: it is something totally the Black Dragon to do. Hey, we have an ability to open portals to any world we want. What are we going to do with this? I know we're going to steal shit. Of course they are, because that's what they do. Yeah. But <laughs> and it said we found it. We 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 found it by accident,
2: and luckily somebody on our in our gang knew this, the the myth behind it. Yeah,
1: I would like to know more about that for sure.
2: I mean, it feels like that. The, the what it, was it called the. Kajidok no uh the kamidogu thing it yeah that's it kind of sounds like a precursor to that the
1: kamidogu is what uh uh, it's the one being it's It's the one it's a piece of of the one being or whatever right which yeah that brings all the realms together it does sound like a precursor to that i guess maybe it is
3: yeah i don't know Mm.
1: but maybe
3: they had a plan but it just didn't happen
1: uh, you know, and it was around the point where they were tr- figuring out what it was, where the scientist was running the tests on it, that I did, I did fall asleep reading it. But I was also very late yesterday. Uh but yeah, it wasn't. It was uh, not not keeping my interest. Uh, definitely not the best comic we've read.
3: To be true, though, like I read this comic a while back when we first started reading the Mortal Kombat's comic, and I actually. I mean, I didn't think it was anything award-winning, but I liked it back then. But again, I need to emphasize the only reason why I did is that this gave me 90 action cartoon vibes like hell and... I, it still kind of does, even upon a reread. Like it's not, it's not good. Like honestly, Katana Molina, just by the sheer um, effort that it put into the lore of the characters and its emphasis on having a much smaller cast, mind you, than um, than Special Forces does, it's 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 better. But I like the idea that like Special Forces gives you an idea about, hey, if Jax and Sonya were just running around in Earthrealm with their comrades doing like military whatever stuff, then this is kind of what it would be like for the time that it was written. I don't know if they would actually reintroduce these characters in a future Mortal Kombat game or a comic or any sort of new media, you know, all la Mortal Kombat 12 or anything by Nether Realms. but I like the idea that back in the 90s, when the nineties was, you know, the thing that they introduced characters like this and kinda add flavor and color to what Sonya and Jax's uh, unit unit like uh, I so. appreciate
1: the attempt to make their uh partners not bland military characters and more colorful and cartoony, but uh I also feel that this is a comic where you could be in love with the uh on paper idea of nineties action movie Saturday morning cartoon setup. And overlook the fact that it just fucking sucks, like Godzilla, King of the Monsters. People, people look at it because oh my god, it's got Godzilla and Rodan in it. It's awesome. Oh yeah, they don't do shit. I don't give a shit. It's badly done. Thumbs down.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: thumbs, thumbs down,
3: thumbs, thumbs down. down, thumbs down, all around. Yep. Yeah, like I. I want to get. I want to give. I want to give the Zangief symbol to this comic. You know the side thumb. You know what, Jay? What this is
1: a do. good because I did laugh and was delighted <laughs> by parts of this. So, in, in interest of being uh, all fair, yes, the side side th- thumb sideways. Mm, yes, to this comic. Yes, uh, I'm giving two thumbs. Two thumbs down.
2: down. It was a boring comic. I was. Oh my god! It felt like it was like four or five issues. Yeah, it was just.
1: I did have to motivate myself yeah. to get through the first one. And it amounted to nothing.
2: And it would it would have been okay if it amounted to something, but it amounted to nothing. Yeah,
1: it really didn't. It didn't. It didn't set up anything for future Mortal Combat like, lore. At least
2: with the katana, with the katana thing, like it had that last that last page panel, that
1: like, man. Dang. And that makes you think of how Melina portrays herself in the later games, right? Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah, and and even she if even if it her. doesn't make you, she leans into what's. Even without the attachment to the current lore, it's a gollywomper of a last frame that makes you be like, fuck, dude. It really is. Yeah.
2: I think that may be the most impactful frame, uh, uh page that I've seen, I've read in the comics so far. Like that's yeah. the middle. Like that and the really ugly Kung Lao <laughs> last page. Uh, for different reasons. Yeah. Like <laughs> for different reasons. But, uh, but yeah, this was like, the most I've felt for any of the characters in the comics. Well,
3: aside from Baraka.
1: Yeah, I think Baraka is, uh, hands down, probably the best we've read overall.
3: It's the best one. Yeah, yeah. Baraka is the best one.
1: Even though yeah. I had
2: fun with the Kano Raiden one.
1: Oh, yeah, but, and Goro Prince of Pain uh, is pretty good, too.
2: Yeah, but yeah, Baraka is definitely the best one so far. Yeah. But I don't think... If it wasn't for the Shang Tsung thing and... If they had done a little bit more with Melina and Katana, honestly, this would be the best one, probably. Wow, because it has all the elements. it's just they didn't they didn't like push on a few things.
1: Yeah, before. it's just kind of like yeah. much like this. They had a really good shred of an idea. Yeah, with special forces, they don't have enough meat to hang on it. But in Katana Melina, the idea is good enough to work off of its on paper premise but it really could have used more but even without it it's still better Yeah, than than this attempt uh, Special Forces sometimes you have an idea that Alja needs the idea and it carries itself sometimes you need a little more Katana and Mm -hmm. need a little bit more but it still managed to carry itself yeah Yeah, I'm talking like I know what I'm talking about this
0: uh,
2: this
3: one just
1: most of these Mortal Kombat yeah. comics, man, have been a total drag to talk like I'm in the nineties.
3: For real, dude. You know what? I've actually kind of enjoyed at least like a quarter of them. Like Goro Prince of Pain was That's not good. A good percentage, Baraka was dude. good.
1: Goro Prince of Pain was That's good. That's not a good percentage. And I, yeah, it's not a good percentage. But mainly it's because the bulk of it is taken up by uh long long form stories, uh i.e. the the main lines, the the bloodline, I'm sorry, Blood and Thunder and Battle Wave, which are like six to eight issue runs, yeah. so they do take up the bulk of it. And unfortunately, they're the fucking worst. Um, yeah, I recall we kind of liked we kind of liked Blood Battle Lines a little, Battle Wave a little bit, but yeah, it's still this.
3: You know, but like, shit. admittedly, like at least when you think about Mortal Combat back in those days, I didn't really you know, play Mortal Kombat for the story. So it's not like I had high expectations for the lore and the story. So the fact that, so the fact that like, I got a little bit of story from some of these characters, I thought was interesting. Like, I mean, if I would have read Baraka's comic back, like in the mid nineties, when Mortal Kombat two came out, I would have been honestly pretty over the moon for it. Cause I'm like, Oh, Baraka way more than just like, Hey, I'm a dumb minion of Outworld. (laughs) Like the games portray him to be in Mortal Kombat (laughs) two. So, you know, like, it's stuff like that that I find just interesting. It it shows me that they were thinking of these characters as more than one note back then. Like, we're kind of at that point now already. But I like the fact that they were planting the seeds of those characters back in those days. Like, I I think it's worth mentioning, even if, like, the actual result of the comics is less than stellar.
2: Yeah. So... This is going to be the last comic we see mm-hmm. we read until MKX, right? It's going to be a I long so, yeah.
1: time before we talk about another comic because yeah, the only we already uh, got ahead of ourselves and talked about the MK4 comic, which wasn't much to talk about. It was it was just a, a selling advertisement for the game. Yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah, the only other MK comic after this is MKX, and uh, we still have yet to have- to talk about MK5. So we got a ways to go um so you won't hear enough have y'all uh, have,
2: have either of you read any of MK? I I, 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 I I read some
1: i read some of it i read i own two issues i like i think i mentioned before i read the one that focused a little bit on uh scorpion and takeda uh notable because yeah, read scorpion kills the fuck out of suhao everyone's least favorite character uh and i think i have the issue or maybe just looked at it on the shelf of uh Johnny Cage and Cassie and Sonya sitting on a throne like the the Cage dynasty. I don't remember reading that. And, though, like so.
3: and also I will say that at least in the MK10 comic, I mean I didn't read really like all of it, but I can tell you with pride and grace that my boy Reptile does not get disrespected like he oh, did in Katana Molina and other comics. So, no,
1: well, we like our we like our uh, Reptile to be so? respected.
3: Yeah, I well, like I Reptile.
2: I mean, those feel like. I mean, they're definitely more. I mean, they're more modern comics, but I mean, and
1: they are legit canon. They're meant to fill the gap between nine and ten. Yeah.
2: So I'm, I'm hoping to see. You know, I'm hoping these those are better comics than these. I think there will be. Definitely. I think they
3: will. The be. art
1: is certainly better. Uh, it, I don't know if it could be sort oh, of yeah. great art or not, but it is pretty. I think it's good looking, and since it's canon, it'll probably be more interesting story wise to talk about.
3: Mm-hmm. So, uh,
1: but that's a long yeah, time yeah. in the future. Yeah, definitely, we'll get to those. That is. A That'll long be. Time. Uh, yeah. Before or after we talk about m k ten, maybe I don't know, we'll see
2: I think be, we should do it after m k
3: nine really if it's the bridge yeah
1: since it's a bridge yeah, right,
3: I agree, yeah. yeah, when we get yeah, when we get to that point anyway,
1: yeah, yeah. long time coming, cool. but
3: cool, but yeah, like um, I think for the most part josh, uh, I think we can call that a an episode and a review, yeah, we covered it unless we had anything else we want to say, I think
1: i I'm good anyone anyone else
3: I'm I'm very Let's good. Speak your peace. I'm good.
1: Wanna tell Katana anything before we wipe her memory again? I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry too. <laughs>
3: oh wow.
1: Damn, that's heavy.
3: Hug your sister. Slash <laughs> <laughs> clone. I mean, I kinda wanna k I, I wanna tell Melina I'm sorry too, but I'm not gonna hug her because 'cause she'll bite my face uh, off. So I'll yeah, just like, I will just give I'll give a gentle I'll give a gentle wave to Malina I want to be there for Melina
1: so bad. Man, that feels so bad. I don't <laughs>
3: No, I don't. I just want to, like... I want to shadow kick Molina. Damn.
1: Good God. Okay. Yeah, Misunder <laughs> Totally not not an understanding person. You.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and on that
1: note... And on that note, uh, yeah. stay tuned for... Well, I don't know when this episode... We'll probably still be in the middle of playing uh, Mortal Kombat Special Forces the game with a scene. Or maybe it will be done by the time this episode comes out. Hard to tell. But, uh... We'll be doing that for a future episode soon. So uh there'll be more Yeah. There'll be more metal arm punching tax paying problems with that. So until <laughs> then, yeah. Uh I'm good. If y'all are good. Josh. Yeah. Mm, yeah. My outro? You got my no outro. Ones. I was waiting for someone to, to lead into it. Um I'll just I, I don't got a lot of uh for this one. I'm just gonna say we're Past episode 30 now, or like episode 34. And all I know is if I'm gonna keep doing having to come up with these outros, then Clinton's gonna have to raise taxes again.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Outstanding. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can follow us on both Twitter
1: and Instagram at Combat Time Pod and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward
3: slash Combat Time You can also email us at combattimepodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions you'd like us to answer on the show. See you next time. Mortal Kombat continues.
0: Get over here!